episode five of Los Cachirudes. Uh here for a Monday night podcast instead of Wednesday. We might be on Wednesday as well, but for tonight we got Joel, John, Juan, and and Christian here, and myself Beto as well for a discussion on uh, Mexican football and other stuff. <laughs> so how you guys doing? What you guys want to talk about first? I had uh, uh, Juan Carlos Osorio or uh, the U-17s. Well, John and I had a, a bit of a brief discussion last week at the end of the show about some of the things Osorio was, had been talking about, so we, we could start with that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I don't know if y'all got a chance to read Martin's article that he wrote for FIFA. I guess it wasn't really an article. It was more of an interview that he had yeah. with the uh, Osorio that was posted today, and it was you know kind of kind of the same information that he gave, but the uh, you know the Division One. You know, and again, it's hard to hold judgment against the guy, uh, or you know, or, or and and you know one way or the other until you start seeing how they do, and you know, I think that you know he's going to get the the big benefit right now of the fact that uh, his the, the play his key players are playing well. Unlike what happened in 2013, when uh, you know the, the team individually was in a slump, so you know you'll probably you know El Salvador is a mess right now, so they'll probably. Uh, I, I wish that they would not play these games at night. I wish they'd play them during the day. It's like you know, you know, you don't have to play them on a Friday night. Why don't you play them Saturday afternoon? And uh, so I'm not really sure why they're doing. I mean, I I know, and I but anyway. Uh, so I think they'll get a, they'll get a you know you know probably win against El Salvador. I'm not going to say handily, but they might you know have a reasonable lead and then maybe you know get a little comfortable with like the line in the last five to ten minutes or so. A, se- a seven-one instead of a seven-zero. No, I think <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I think it'll be like 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 two-zero with you know going to like the minute eighty, eighty-five, whatever. Then they'll get one, maybe two more after that. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping, but uh, you know, and against Honduras, you know, it's, it's very obvious to me that he has a different mindset home and away. At least that's what he talked about in the interview. It's like, well, when we're at home, we're basically gonna we're gonna play a four-two-four, basically, and just you know, just go at these guys and, and you know, try and get what we can get. And on the road, he's gonna switch it to you know, even switch personnel to where we have more defense, you know, more like a real defense with defenders instead of uh, guys that like to attack, like Torres Nilo and uh, who's the guy that that Tuca uh, likes so much was it Jimenez? Jimenez or um, even Duenas. Duenas has played right back at yeah. times for uh, for Tigres. Yeah, um, so so more more of a defensive posture, and he'll probably play more of a counterattack game, which I think I love because I think. I think Mexico is a lethal counterattack waiting to happen, and I've thought that for years. Yeah. And uh, with Gio. And, well, yeah, with Gio and Chicharito and Vela, and I mean all those guys. I mean they have so much speed. It's like I cannot believe we never took advantage of that. It just like frustrates the hell out of me. In the interview. No, go on. I was gonna say in the interview when or yeah the the article I was reading that you linked out, John, mm-hmm. was uh. It seemed like a lot of what he was saying is what Mexico always does. He likes uh, the guys on the wing. He likes possession. He likes being on the offensive. And that's pretty much what Mexico has been doing all this time. Yeah, so. I mean, it doesn't sound like anything is going to change. I mean, you know, certainly, I mean, it's not like he's going to, you know, come in and say, all right, we're going to do a, you know, a 5-4-1 and, 
or a four five one, and we're gonna just really, you know, you know, play completely. He's not. I, I think it's, I think that the style is gonna be very well suited. It'll be fine, and you know, you know, maybe maybe he's the kind of coach. And of course, this is the obvious <clears> thing <throat> thinking that maybe he's the kind of coach that you know, maybe maybe a national team will will suit him better. You know, suit his coaching style better. Who knows? You know, the the media uh, spotlight I think is something that I don't not quite sure if he understands what he's getting himself into as far as that's concerned. But I mean I think tactically and you know, looking to put the best players in the in the best position to to uh, you know to, to get a result, I think is you know, you know, it reminds me a lot of and they'll take this the wrong way, but of, of how uh, Sven uh, looked at the team. Of course, you know, I have a lot of respect for him for putting Gio and Dela in in, like, the very first game that he played in that qualifier in the Azteca, but they were, what, 18 years old at the time? Yeah. But I'm sure in his mind, he thought, man, these guys give me the best chance to win. You know, I don't I don't blame him for that, you know, what, with, what, with what, he, what he thought was best. And uh, uh, I would hope that, you know, Osorio does the same thing. Yeah. I think I think he's I think he's on the right track with with uh, what he wants to do because um, when after uh, Nestor de la Torre got uh, pretty much unceremoniously dumped out of the FMF in one of the interviews he had with um, I believe it was Andre Marim um, when he was asked what went wrong during the hex he specifically said that he thinks that. Mexico has to approach the qualifiers in a different manner than they do uh, short tournaments like the, like the Gold Cup or even the World Cup because momentum plays a lot of a, a big part in those tournaments because if you you start off well you can you can build confidence and and, uh, and sort of adjust the matchups with with the individual opponents and, and you know hope for the best in a sense with the qualifiers you're you're spreading them out over a year you know maybe a little bit longer and it's it's a lot tougher to to plan for for those variables, and that's something that stuck with me. That, that interview was probably about two years ago, and uh, it makes perfect sense because as we're talking about what the qualities of the, the, the player pool are, um, I think that uh, from 2009, 2010 onward, the newer generation of players, including Gio and Bella, are, uh, are a much more direct kind of uh, group of players. They don't, they're not really uh, the players that want to sit back and knock the ball around and, and sort of play a bit of that Liga MX style. Um, and I think that was one of the problems during the 2010 World Cup qualifiers, you know, to go back a little bit. The team was sort of split down the middle. You had players that were used to that kind of style, and you had the younger players who wanted to do quick give and goes and, and, and get to the opposing goal a lot quicker. And that sort of mishmash of styles didn't suit the national team, and it sort of coincided with that dip in form that eventually led to Sven Goran Eriksson getting fired. Uh, when Aguirre came in, he sort of recognized that a little bit and, and, and sort of tried to play to those strengths. And unfortunately for him at that time, th those players were a little bit young and, and not quite as mature as they are now. Um, so I think that having two different approaches for home and away games, I think it's it's an interesting uh, sort of way of looking at it, and I think people are going to be surprised if we can do it, if it can be executed successfully. I think I think it, it'll surprise a lot of people, and 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 having that awareness that 
you can approach the qualifiers and the tournaments in different in different manners will allow the coach, in this case Osorio, to really plan for that and really exploit the player pool uh, to its maximum ability because there are players that that I would rather have on a field versus Honduras away compared to at a stick uh, versus El Salvador when we are, you know, whether we want to or not, you know, obligated to win. And I, and I hate that word obligated because I, well, that's one of the things I agree with Chepo with. Uh, nobody's obligated to do anything. You know, the players are not obligated to win. They're obligated essentially to go out there and give their, their, their best effort and hopefully their talent will be enough to overcome the opponent. But this is going to be an interesting... I mean, for Osorio, it's going to be interesting because his first two games are one of each, a home game against what's considered a weaker opponent, you know, on paper, and an away game against one of the tougher teams in the region. Um, so it'll be... Yes, it will be interesting to see how we sort of approach this. And I, I do agree with John. I think we're going to see a little bit of a different setup player-wise for... For both games, and you know, I'm 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 hopeful and I'm um, I'm intrigued. I guess I would say uh, I think that it's going to be an interesting road towards Russia, starting within two weeks from now. Joel, what do you think? Wait, are we still talking about Osorio's interview? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't read it. Well, just what are your general impressions on the guy? You know, I, I read I read an interview with Ochoa, so I, I would like to know what you guys think. Uh, Ochoa said when he, you know, they asked him what what he talked about with Osorio, and he said, uh, he told me not to worry, you know, that he's not playing because he respects his hierarchia. So, and I know a lot of people in the, don't like don't like when a coach will call a player based on what he's done. Do you guys think we're going to be seeing a lot of that? You know, I think, you know, honestly, with Ochoa, I, don't, I mean, that's, I have no issue with that with him specifically because, I mean, I mean, it's not like he's not training, you know. I mean, it's not like he's like, he just is like, you know, sitting around his home, you know, just playing goalie on FIFA. I mean, the guy, you know, it's, it, he's still going through the, Granted, he's not you know playing in games, and he probably won't play in a game until whenever their Copa del Rey starts. But I think that for him specifically, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, you know, I, you know, as far as other players, I mean, I guess it would depend on, you know, like 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 right now, I think Hector Herrera, you know, maybe I mean I think he would still certainly be called up because the guy gets he needs to get to know him and. You know, if he's not playing well, I mean, it's, it's obviously not playing well at Porto. I mean, he's not going to play well for the national team. So, you know, maybe, you know, see how he does in practice. And he's, if he's sucking up the field, and it's like, all right, we're going to move you to the bench. I do have a quick question. Of, now, in the past, it was you, you field your 11 guys, and then you can only choose seven more. But I, th I think they switched it to now it's the full 23, right? You have your 11 guys. Yeah. And then and then your twelve bench players it could be anybody. It doesn't matter. They don't have yeah. to like whittle okay, good. That that's good. I think that, that that's uh that's gonna help a lot to have your full complement of players. I think as long as he doesn't bring Rafa. <laughs> I understand Hector is right if he's not playing good at Porto or wherever. Um bring him in for a half. 
if he doesn't play good for the first half, then take him out. But uh, but Rafa, I'm scared when Rafa's on the... Maybe not with like El Salvador, but Honduras. I see Honduras tearing Rafa up. That would be the only I, guy. I, I have no I, problem I, with Memo. The last few games with Rafa, I mean, I, I, we've always... I mean, I think after the World Cup, we've all had a little bit of concern about him, but he, I think he's 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 played rather well, and I, I don't think he would be... You know, speak, speaking specifically about the, the two different approaches that the Osorio seems to want to have, I don't see Rafa really playing the away games in that sense. I think that those games are going right. to be sort of lockdown games where they're going to want to have a nice, sturdy defense and, and, and you know, quick ball recovery. So I don't see Rafa fitting into that. And I don't really don't see Rafa playing with the national team past next summer, really. Um, he's been having a lot of muscle injuries this season alone, and we're, we're two, two, three months into the season. I think he's already had a couple of those, so I don't think I think he's pretty much at the tail end. But but his his presence alone on the field does help organize the team, and so I think there's some juice left in there in that sense. And I think mm -hmm. that Osorio will recognize that and and will keep him around at least for a little while. Uh, but going forward. I do see some of the younger guys being integrated. You know, probably uh, Salcedo probably seems to be the front runner. Uh, maybe Jordan Silva could sneak in there. But, I mean, as of now, I think Rafa still has a role to play. However small or big, it remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if he's still playing in, in uh, Serie A, I mean, there's no reason not to bring the guy. I mean, honestly, he's still, sadly, as... as, uh, as I mean, and, and it's just because he was such a he's, – he's still our best defender. And he was, you know, a one of the world's best defenders, so it would make sense. I mean, it's not like you – know, It's just his speed. If they do a back line well, of you know, four – Well, you know, when, when, when you're an old fart, then you learn how you, – you learn your angles. I mean, and, and that's how he that's how he gets by. Yeah, yeah he does, but there's I mean, still times where he, well, I, I he gets agree. caught. Yeah, I agree. There's no, as there's long as there's someone like Salcedo, if Salcedo was, behind, like, alongside with him mm -hmm. or and, and, you know, like a back line of four and he was, like, the – uh, like a defensive midfielder, I would be cool with that. You know, that's he does why I, the I never still. understood why. Uh, I don't want to go off topic here, but why Salcido wasn't a central man. The dude was a great defender, and he was fast as hell. It's, it's like God. Why? Why would you not want you want that guy to be your last? Well, La Volpe used him as a almost like oh, as a yeah. left center back at times, but 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 he was so good as a wing back. Too, well, that. he was. I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong. He was great, but it's just like. You know, if you want to shore up your defense, move that guy. You know, go to. Well, yeah. Salcido. I mean, uh, Juan probably probably can can uh, can answer this for me. But Salcido's debut wasn't until well, he was what 23, 24 years old. You know, so I mean, imagine what Salcido would have been as a player had he, you know, maybe if he would have benefited from the current sort of setup that that Liga MX has. Um, I, I, I think I can answer why Salcido. I, I think Salcido likes to be the caboose, and not to be in the middle because those trainy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, there's, yeah, there's probably some truth to I'm it, just yeah. spitballing there. No. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like um, Salcido is, is. I think. It, I mean. You look back at the 2005 Confederations Cup, and Salcido and Osorio were just outstanding. Yeah, you know? they were great. They were and, uh, really good defenders, both of them. I mean, we had a solid defense. It was 
Yeah, that was the best team. part of that team. You know, the midfield was a little slow, but you know, Pablo Pardo was still had just enough in there that 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 made him stand out. But yeah, the the, the off. I think like we're seeing sort of the opposite now. I think our, our offense and our midfield is the strongest point now compared to the defense. And I do like Reyes and Moreno individually a lot. As a tandem, I think they've still got a lot of room to grow. Um, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's still we got three years left until the World Cup, so a lot can happen. I mean, every it seems like every World Cup we have one or two guys that sort of sneak in there, and you're like, and people never saw them coming. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, if we see a couple of guys that sort of, you know, managed to sneak in there at the expense of guys that we think at this moment are sort of lock, you know, lock players that, that should be at the World Cup. Going back to what uh, Hoyle said about, uh, about uh, the coaches, you know, about, you know, Memo and, you know, respecting hierarchies and stuff like that. Osorio's got to be careful with that because, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys recall, but in, you know, the, the last four World Cup cycles, you know, we, three out of the last four, the coaches have gone in trouble because they've relied on those hierarchies, you know, going back to like, you know, with Enrique Mesa in the 2002 campaign where he kept going, you know, he kept respecting the players that he felt comfortable with. And then, you know, you had like, for example, you had Javier Aguirre who, I mean, and he he, he basically said that, you know, the, the, you know, making reference to the Genesis, you know, quotes about the, the fat cows and the skinny cows. You know, the, the, you, you guys, you guys remember that? Yeah. And all that type of stuff. And it's like, sometimes these players can get a little too comfortable. And I, I don't think that Osorio should be making those type of comments, at least early on right now, that, you know, about, you know, about, you know, kind of like, it's not that he's said it, or at least I haven't heard that he said that he's going to give preference to the, to, to the Europeans, but it seems like, it, it seems like he, he, he feels like he's going to, and I think that's going to be, a, and I think that could be a mistake, because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're not looking for you know, the best names, because, I mean, in 2002, 2001, I mean, you know, Aguirre came in, and basically, you know, he went with Pachuca and Cruz Azul players because those are the guys that were playing the best. Uh, this past World Cup cycle, you had Miguel Herrera who came in and he, and he kept and he was using Leon in America because those are the you know the, those were the guys that were you know playing the best in, 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 as a team. So I, I think Osorio needs to. I, I, I don't think he needs to go with players just for the sake you know of, of their names like a Chicharito. I think he needs to go with the best players that are playing at the time. Whoever they may be, whether they're playing Liga Mekis or they're playing in Europe, I mean that's just my humble opinion. Because uh, Conejo Perez has hierarchy, so you know he was <laughs> he was in that last World Cup, which I I didn't understand at all. Yeah, I know. Well, that goes back that goes back to what I said, you know, a couple. Uh, that's because that's because that's who Aguirre was comfortable with. Well, that that also goes back to what I, you know what I was saying about. Uh, um, you know how Aguirre had been away from the Liga MX for ten years, and he came back, and him being a Mexican, he didn't even know who the players were in the in, in Liga MX. You know, so I mean that's also going to be one of the problems that uh, that Osorio is going to have is that okay, he's I think he's just going to feel more comfortable with the Europeans because they have more you know more press, and I, I mean he's going to have to get to know Liga MX because believe it or not, they may bail him out like but they do. Wouldn't you say that the, at the at this moment, I mean, for the most part, the European players are our best players. I mean, I think um, 
there's a stark contrast right now between these these same European players this season and last season. You know, Jimenez, for example, is in a much better position now than he was last year with, with Atletico Madrid. I mean, he's playing a lot. Um, Chicharito is now in a situation where he's playing a lot and he's scoring goals. Uh, Diego Reyes, I mean, despite the fact that he didn't play this weekend because he was suspended last weekend, has been playing a lot. And, and so I think that um, I don't know if necessarily that's, that's, that should be a problem because I, I also don't think this is a problem, quote-unquote, exclusive to Mexico. I think that for some reason in the inner workings of the teams, uh, I feel like do, do coaches probably do feel more comfortable with the more experienced players, quote-unquote. But speaking about Osorio, he's a guy who is notorious for, for preferring to work and mold a younger group. And so I think that, I mean, there's been a lot of talk recently about some of the players that he might call up that might be surprises. And a lot, one of, some of the guys that he mentioned by name were, were some of the younger Pachuca players. So I, I do feel that, that he, yes, he could, long term it could be a problem if he decides to sort of stick to that sort of line of thought where he's going to respect those hierarchies. But if those, so, if those so-called hierarchies are sort of uh, earned based on merit, then, then there really shouldn't be a problem, I think. Well, you know, the, uh, the, the, the big advantage that Osorio has that Aguirre didn't have uh, either time, really, is that he has a, a core group of players that have been playing together for a while, and that's something that, that uh, you know, there's... He didn't have a generous... He's not going to have a gener, generous... generational transition, excuse me, that, yeah. that other coaches have, have had to deal with. So he's got, a, he's got a team that, that they're, they're, they're very comfortable with each other, which is why, uh, you know, it would be nice to... You know, there's obviously a lot of talented guys. One thing I wish Mexico did have, and, and it's something that, you know, you, you see some of the really good, at least national teams... If they have a really good team, I mean, I'm, you know, Spain, I think, was was a special case. But, I mean, they, they feel that how many Barcelona players was it seven of them? I mean, that yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, it, it was a bunch of them. It was a, yeah, that helps a lot. I mean, so, obviously, spot, having, yeah, having a familiarity. team was, yeah. was from Barcelona. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, having that, that familiarity yeah. helps. Well, I think you're, you got a point there because, I mean, I, I, the way I see it is what the, what the national team is right now um, can be traced back to literally two years ago when, when Miguel Herrera took over and, and he sort of, he brought Paul Aguilar back into the mix. He, uh, he sort of allowed Layun to, to stake a claim for that left wing back spot because Chepo had used Layun in the 2013 Gold Cup, but, but he wasn't he wasn't really going to use him or didn't seem like he was going to use him beyond maybe a depth role or maybe an uh, on the bench kind of uh, role. But I mean, the spy of the it's team. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that uh, up. Yeah, he was him. Jimenez was as well. And, and, um, and Chaton could have been as well, but he, but he got injured. But I mean, to me, like I said, what the current iteration of the national team is this group, has been together for the for the last two years. They went through some of them went through what what the the calamity that the, the hex was in 2013. Some of them made it to the World Cup. Some of them didn't. And that coupled with some of the guys that he brought in, Miguel Herrera, the, the some of the America players, some of the Leon players, um, 
is what we currently have now as the uh, figure like that those sort of 12, 13 guys, 14 guys that are the core of the national team now. And I think, in my opinion, it's a very strong group. The, this group went to the, you know, to the qualify to the to repechaje, you know, not the European guys, but the local guys, and they sort of molded that together with a good performance at the World Cup, uh, a good, you know, a good run after the World Cup. I think, uh, and you know, obviously the Gold Cup and the, the the game against the U.S. the Concacaf Cup. I think as of right now, Mexico is undefeated in something like 12, 13 games. So. Uh, I don't imagine there's going to be a lot of tinkering in that sense. I think that some of the additions are going to be sort of young blood that's going to maybe give us a little bit of a different options on the field. And I think that's that's the way this is going to go. Um, I, I don't think he's going to call any of the young blood that's on the Olympic spot, uh, squad, at least. I think uh, he's going to get some pushback from Otro Gutierrez on that one. Well, I mean, right now, right now at this moment, I think for the uh, for this coming up, this this these qualifiers, if there's a player that I think could or has a chance to get on the team, I think it's it's a uh, Chucky Lozano. I think that based on what Osorio wants to do with those really wide sort of forward midfielders that, that are going to go one v one and 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 get to the end line or, or get into the box and, and, and do combinations, uh, who better than Corona and Lozano. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like those. I feel like Lozano itself himself could be that surprise guy. But but then you we know, get into. Every time I see Lozano face a really good defender, like uh, for example, every time he goes against uh, Dedos Lopez, I just he like disappears from the game. I don't know if you guys noticed. I don't know how he he really does against the other defenders in the league. Yeah, Maybe he he, he, he exploits them a little more. Well, I mean, I think that's part of his part of his sort of maturing. You know, he's sort of maturing in that sense. Uh, I, I find him a very direct player, and I think his style of play doesn't really coincide with the league, the overall style of the league, because he's a very direct player. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't wait. He just gets the ball and he's gunning it towards the end line. And uh, I think that sometimes he can make the wrong decisions. But but I feel like for what the Sorry, what he wants to do. I think that Chucky is like one of the one of the few guys that I can see stepping up right now. I don't know you what made you, him, you made him sound like a Guardado type player, but I don't think he's that type of player. Uh, Guardado, he's much, uh, he's much more goal uh, goal savvy than Guardado. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it would be an issue at all with, with using these guys. For, I mean, the nice, the good thing or bad thing, depending on how you're looking about these qualifiers, is that there's. Um, there's is 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 it three dates and they're and they're spread out, right? So there's we got this one, and the next one's not till March, and the next yep. one's not till June or something. Like that. And then that what what the deal is? And yeah, uh, that, that's yeah maybe. I'm El Salvador sure June one. El Salvador is doing their best bit to uh to help Mexico too, right? <laughs> well, you would think so, man. But I mean, if they bring in a bunch of uh, under twenty threes that maybe want to prove themselves and are willing to uh run really hard and close down space. I mean, it may not be as easy as it, as it seems, you know. I, will, I guess, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Well, I mean, what, as of today, uh, the, the Salvadorian team, they, they're basically uh, uh, under Maradiaga's orders right now from here till, till Saturday. So, I mean, the coach is going to have them all this week. 
And you know what he's going to tell them. He's going to tell them that they're going to Azteca to, to close down the passing lanes and to run and to, and to do, you know, like, it, we just went through this in the hex. You know, people are, these teams are going to come into Azteca with a little bit of confidence. They're going to, they're going to think they can get something out of it because, I mean, some teams did last, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So Yeah, except uh, medical care, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I was I've been reading the news from El Salvador. So I mean, obviously, Maravilla, he's going to have his players, you know, the uh, his new crop of players for you know the next six days. Uh, another news from over there from El Salvador is that the uh, the uh, hotel that was you know under question basically says that, you know, told the, uh, the first division and, and the national team that, you know, we're no longer going to accept you guys for the time being until, you know, we <laughs> revalue our situation. Did you send your resume in, John John? No, no. No, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about, you know, sending in my resume because they were looking for Salvadorian coaches, but I was going to lie on that application. <laughs> but then you're a football manager experience. Yeah. experience. That's- I, I can I can make do with that a hotel. I see nothing wrong with that hotel. You know, I guess the players just didn't like that hotel because they didn't have any backdoor access to bring hey, in the can, wine and can, women. Can well, the hookers no, can the hookers no still the find bathroom, the hotel? Man. What what's that? that? Can there the hookers no still find the hotel? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it was if it was a problem <laughs> per se, but it is. It was. I mean, the problem. I mean, I I don't see anything wrong with a hotel other than the access, and that's one of the things I look for. You know, it's like, you know, if my girlfriend's going to come in for the front, I need the, the girlfriend, you know, the, the, the mistress on the back. <laughs> but, you know. The, the back door, what? <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I just don't like the logistics. I just don't like the logistics of the hotel. <laughs> All right, so what's uh, what are we talking about next? What's the next subject? Under 17. 17. Yeah. Under 17. Oh man, it's gonna be tough playing against those twenty-five-year-old kids, man, from Nigeria. Hey, no, they're they're under under twenty-threes. That's what uh, they're a little bit younger. You know, I'm actually uh, you know, kind of sad for Nigeria because I mean they have you know they've done this at the U17, they have a great U20, and then these guys just you know just disappear. And well, uh, if they just if they could have any kind of, I have no idea, you know, what it is that they need. I, but I, they, I, go ahead. It just, no, it just seems like they could. They, they should be a Brazil. Is all I'm saying. Well, here's here's the thing, because there's a, there's a flaw in that argument that's saying that okay, okay, so we should, Mexico shouldn't look too much into the, the the youth success because hey, Nigeria, you know, yeah. is successful and they it doesn't go into. It's but but no, 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 no. I, I say it's a flawed argument because okay, Brazil's also successful in the youth tournaments, but. Brazil has an infrastructure, and they have a league, an established right, exactly. league. Eight leagues. Exactly. exactly. Mexico has an established league. Nigeria, you know, maybe you know because of you know, logistics, maybe because you know of the infrastructure, is not you know it, it's not going to have the league. It's not going to have that that competition. Right. So I understand. I understand why. In that in that regards, Mexico. Like Brazil, have that advantage that yes. it's it, they have that league to nurture those players, and you know for the future. Unfortunately, Nigeria, you know, you know, I, I, I mean, I can, you know, I can, 
I've never been to Nigeria, but I've been to Africa, and and I can say that you know for the most part, you know, a lot of Africans, they tend to look to Europe, you know, for soccer. So I mean, you know, like you know how we were talking about that, you know, we're you know Mexico's, you know, two three generations away from you know caring more about Euro leagues and Real Madrid than our own. Yeah, but I honestly believe that uh, if if they had a, you know, a, a semi decent league, then they wouldn't have to look to Europe. But I mean, like you said, though, I mean, just it's not just the soccer infrastructure. I mean, just the country's infrastructure yeah. is lacking. And 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 I, and, and I get it. Just it just it just seems to me that I mean, it's not you can't tell me that Nigeria doesn't have money because I know they do. Yeah, I mean, they, in the sense they that, ha- they have a hundred, they have a population of over a hundred million. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, the, their banking is, is 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 picking up. But again, you know, just the image of you know, of, you know, unfortunately, the image of Africa. It's just it's not that appealing. People want to go to Europe. Right, you know, no, I that's get what, it. and I'm sure, and I'm sure that the Nigerian soccer players are, are one of the country's bigger exports because I mean they have a ton of them. I mean they they go everywhere. I mean it's, you know, they it's like a, like a Brazil or an Argentina or an Uruguay. I mean they they export a ton of players. So Nigeria is one of the other countries that they've been uh, they've been banned for usage of uh, overage players, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that. You know that might say something about why their youth teams have been so successful, and also, uh, was that the national team that had players drop from the competition once they announced they were going to do bone scans in the the previous tournament? The uh, I think it was held in uh, gosh, where was it? 2013. They won it. Yeah. I mean, they beat Mexico in the final. Yeah. The yeah, fact yeah, they, they played Mexico know, twice uh, and scored them nine to one. <laughs> Honestly, looking at, at these, I mean, at least the last two Nigerian teams—the one from 2013, the one from now—I don't, I don't really think. Honestly, I don't believe that, that any of the players are overage. I mean, physically, they—they're uh, obviously at a at a much higher level than most of the other players. But um, I don't, I don't, I really don't believe they're overage. I mean, maybe in the past they were, but I don't believe these two last two editions of their team are uh, sort of violate that. Um, right, but. So- Speaking on their yeah. just the their their previous last lack of uh, transition to senior team success is what I'm commenting on is that their their previous teams they had that uh, that stigma and that could explain also. Yeah, but you know what? I'm gonna say this in Mexico's case, I still I still feel like it is too soon to tell because the bulk of the youth success has happened over the last four years. Um, and hey, plus, great, yeah, go on. Mexico has that one player. Uh, he subbed in today. Uh, number twenty was the name uh, Jose. He drew the no. penalty. Man, that yeah, guy looks bro. like he's like twenty-seven. Burola, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at look at the Croatian. The Croatian. Some of the Croatian guys have like beards and like really hipstery mustaches, and you're like, <laughs> at seventeen, I, I was struggling to grow like you know just a full man chew. I mean, it wasn't even like, it, I don't understand what's going on. But but at the same time. Just really quick, I don't. Again, I, I feel like people often the detractors usually. You'll hear a lot about this about well, Mexico. Yeah, well, it's not translating to the senior the national team. Uh, well, we don't really know that yet. We don't really know because we've seen success at, at pretty much every level. Well, what's considered youth youth uh, football. Um, what I think we've seen progression of the success too, right? Didn't exactly. The, the last exactly. cycle we had the. Yeah, no, I mean, and you, what we're seeing is and I, and you have to sort of uh, not necessarily adjust expectations, but sort of become 
aware of what the what that progression is because um, from this from the under 17s, I feel like the 2005 team is an anomaly because from that team we got uh, Gio Vela Moreno, Efraín Juárez. Wait, who are those guys? Uh, they play Willie. Is that the MLS guys? No, no, no. From the 2005 under 17. Uh, the World Cup, you know, the World Cup champs in 2005. Those guys from that team, we have probably around eight or nine, maybe ten players that ended up getting senior national team caps. And out of those ten, whatever nine, ten players, you know, uh, half of them became sort of the the core of the national team for a few years. With now only, you know, uh, Moreno, Gio, and Vela being like the more prominent ones. But on the periphery of that, you have. Adrian Aldrete, Jorge Torres Nilo, Chicharito, you know, so that's an anomaly. You know, I, I don't think that we, we should be expecting that from these under-17s to have, you know, 10, 12 players that are going to be like national team players. It's it's just not going to happen. But if you can get two or three of those guys to become, you know, solid professionals and out of those two or three become, you know, maybe one or two become contributing uh, members of the national team at the senior level, to me, that's a success. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that just goes to show you how unbelievably talented that 2005 team was. For, oh, absolutely. To have absolutely. as many guys make it out of that. I mean, that really was crazy. Uh, I mean, and I was looking up the 2011 guys, and uh, the Julio Gomez got the golden balls. Uh, Ace Pericueta got silver. The silver ball, And Fierro yeah. got uh, bronze. And those guys are like, Julio Gomez plays for Corre Caminos. He was loaned. Right. Pericueta barely plays for Tigres, and Fierro's been... Overrated, yeah, overrated at Chivas. So it's like these guys, and the and the other guys are like Briseño, Casillas, uh, Escamilla. I think Briseño is is, is going to be on his way. He has, uh, you know, you know, Tuca is. Uh, I mean, I know that Espericueta hasn't played well, but I mean, uh, he. I always thought he handled Pulido really well until Pulido, for whatever reason. Uh, he, he, just he, did, he did well with uh, Barrera and uh, Juarez as well. That's yeah. true. That is true. He went championships with them. Moreno. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Moreno. So, so he's he he knows how to bring uh, young players along, and if Espericueta wasn't ready, then he, you know, if, if if they were ready, he would he was gonna play them, and then, so. I mean, uh, you look yeah. you look at the Chivas guys from that uh, that squad, uh, Pato Araujo, uh, uh, Esparza, Esparza. Esparza uh, yeah. I guess even Chori Mejia belonged to that generation, even though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, was it Andrete Chiva, Chivas too? Uh, no, Andrete yeah. was uh, no, Andrete, uh, Morelia. Or Morelia. He was, no, he was from Morelia, yeah. Morelia. I mean, yeah. look at those guys. I mean, we have a bunch of guys from that team that, that ended up getting caps. By the way, is Andrade. Andrete back? Is he, is he back in playing? Yeah. He had a really yeah. good Copa America before he. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. And, and Osorio has. There are reports that Osorio. Has his mind set on either Torres Nilo or, or um, Andre, um, Aldrete as as backups or, or at least options for uh, for his for his setup? So. <coughs> so. Yeah, there, there's some good players I think from this uh, from this team that's playing right now. I think their backs are they're really good defending wise. Uh, one yes. versus one. I I. You know, we kind of talked about this a little with uh, with you guys in, in in the previous podcast that, like, organizationally the the U17, like the you know Chucho's gen- uh, team, they were they were they they defended in blocks a lot better. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot better, but just 
you know, maybe one on one they weren't yeah. they weren't as strong, but uh, this team they don't they don't have that. Uh, you know, they're good just individually. They'll shut you down. They'll win most of their duels, most of their header duels, and yeah, absolutely. Man, you know, they put they put the clamps on El Ecuador today. Though I was that was they did. They, that was impressive to yeah. be honest. Because absolutely, they they just the second half you knew Ecuador was going to sort of start throwing numbers forward, so you sort of have to expect that. Um, I mean, did Ecuador even get a, a like a really good clean? You know, they're going to no. score an eight times out of ten chance of goal. They they didn't. No, I mean, it was no. yeah, it was. No, you know, but, the only but, time they really got an effective shot on goal was because of that mistake that meant the first half. In yeah. the first half, other than that, I don't really recall another one that you know. But that's team. the thing: the only the only team that has managed to create that kind of danger was Australia yeah. in the second half. Those those fifteen twenty minutes, and we talked about this I think last week or the week before. And I and I and to me, from from the very beginning, one I saw and, and I mentioned it: the strength of this team is the fullbacks and they're they're one v one defending because. They went up against all kinds of players, all kinds of different styles of, of, of attackers so far, and they've the only constant is the fact that they pretty much win nearly all their 1v1 battles, and I think that's what allows the team to maintain that sort of calm presence in the back and then you know look for the counters, where I think Nigeria is going to be a little more problematic in that sense because you have a combination of size and skill that maybe we haven't seen just yet. So that'll be an interesting sort of thing to look look for uh, in this upcoming game. I thought I thought the consensus was that the you know the, the best thing about this team was the uh, you know was the loose balls and the secondary balls. Well, no, of course, but but I think that like, <laughs> secondary balls, guys, secondary, secondary balls, balls, and balls, balls are essential. You know this now. And the and the we BP were... to the BBC or something like that. Except the BBC. Well, I think somebody mentioned. Yeah, somebody mentioned the BBC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. I, I think there's a lot of things to like about this team no, as no, a team. No, no, on the series, no, no. I I, I agree. I, I agree that. Uh, this team defensively, they they, uh, they they don't seem to they don't seem to get you know uh, you know in the transition going from you know recuperating to the attack you know in, in that instance where they're attacking you know where they're like basically recuperating defending and then you know trying to overlap into going into the attack. I think they do this you know really well yeah. as a team. Um, again, you know. It's two good teams going at it. You know, this coming Thursday with Mexico and in Nigeria. I, I I don't I don't see I I would I won't see this as a failure if Mexico goes out. I agree. I I think they have I think they have you know what it takes uh, to uh, to to beat them because I mean I mean honestly I mean you you, you beat Argentina you beat uh, Germany you beat the home nation. I mean, if anything, I think Mexico has the momentum uh, because of who they've beaten so far and how they've beaten them. Yeah. Then Nigeria, Nigeria, look, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna rely on their strength and their speed. So I mean, as long as Mexico basically is compact and they basically, you know, they they're compact, they let the ball do the running, you know. I think I think they'll keep the game close, and and I think you know. As long as you know they, they can't they can't you know screw up on the set pieces, and they can't you know get scared on on the speed. But I I, I think that, I think for I mean I, I think they'll come ahead. I really do. Gentlemen, 
Yes. Do you, do you guys see this as a classical? Mm. It's, it's turning into one? I think they need more history. Well, you could go back to 96, Olympics. So I guess we've been we've been on the losing end more than more than the winning end, I guess. Um, well, you, yeah, you got to start winning before it's before it's a classic. Yeah. No, but you keep you keep meeting the team, you know, often in elimination games. So well, you start you, forming the the rivalry. They're, they're gonna be Mexico's uh, Norway. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I like I like Nigeria. I've always, I like African teams. I, I like I like the way they play. I like I like their their complete uh, lack of cynicism, at least, you know, and it's something that I've always enjoyed since the, uh, when I watched Nigeria just destroy Bulgaria at the Cotton Bowl. I mean, that was just a great display of soccer. It was my one of my favorite games. And uh, I, 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 I'm really hoping that, that, they, that, that they or Ghana or somebody else becomes more of a, more of a player on the world stage. And uh, I'm... I'm, I'm really. I'm not saying that it's gonna. I want Nigeria to win or lose, but uh, I, I, I do enjoy the fact that they are, that they do have this ability. I, I would love to see them, uh, like I've said in the past, uh, you, show you a little know, more at the senior level. But you, I, I understand its limitations. You know why I think this game favors Mexico, because Nigeria's Nigeria's gonna. Uh, they want to keep the game open. Meaning, you know, they want to spread out. They're not going to bunker. And I think, you know, when Mexico places those type of teams, regardless yeah. of how athletic they are, Mexico can keep possession. And I think, yeah. and I think, as long as as long as they don't do what they, you know, what Mexico, you know, used to do against the U.S. of just, you know, getting, you know, getting burnt, you know, <laughs> or stuff like, you know, how they, they would just keep possession, keep possession. The next thing you know, just they would commit you know, some sort of. Yeah, like uh, so they would commit some sort of foul, and then you know Mexico would get them on a counter, and they just kill and just kills. As long as Mexico does not make the mistake like they did earlier, you know, earlier today in that in the first half. Right. I think I think that's going to benefit Mexico, but um, you know I like what you said about Mexico's defense and the fact that they can when they get it back. Yeah. And and then possess immediately. I think that that's such a. That to me is, is 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 such a great sign of a good team of a, of a great team. Yep. I know we I, I know panic. we laugh I, I know we laugh about it, but about the secondary balls and the loose balls, you know. But but you know, <laughs> you know what? Nobody uh, Mexico. What I've noticed is uh, against Argentina in the second half against Australia is uh, when they when they when they get pressed in their own half, they have a. That's what gives them problems. So far, they've been able to win the you know the fifty fifties. Uh, Secondary balls, but I think maybe, <laughs> maybe you know, I think Nigeria, maybe they have a more physical presence to to test them on that and see if uh, you know they can cause problem and keep them. But do you know what? Here's the thing. I think that um, when you consistently manage to win those secondary balls game after game, it's not a coincidence anymore. I think it's it it comes down to the fact that the players perfectly understand their tactical setup. And and how to how to take advantage of that in, in order to play their game. What when you exactly? see these when you see these things sort of repeat themselves game after game, then it becomes less of a matter of, of, of luck or or a matter of circumstance, and it, be, it pretty much comes down to what has been worked on in the training pitch. So that's a testament to the players' quality, their maturity level, and and most importantly, what the coach has done with them. 
So okay. yeah, I think I think you guys are right. If they manage to sort of keep Nigeria at bay and stay compact, that would be a good good step towards getting a handle of the game. Because the thing is, Nigeria has scored a lot of goals doing exactly that, being patient, stripping the opponent of the ball, and then hitting him on the counter. They're, they've been lethal on the counter. So I really don't want to see our players have to, you know, play a three v two or 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 three v four defending, running towards their own goal because Nigeria's sort of unrushing and and looking to, to hit us on the counter. So, again, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think uh, uh, the Chivas uh, center mate, Alan Cervantes, deserves, uh, Cervantes, yeah. Yeah, he's been great. deserves a little shine. He was, uh, he was pretty good today. He was... Oh, he's, yeah, he's been, you know, he's, I mean, we've, we've talked about Lopez a lot, but, but Cervantes has been a perfect complement to what Lopez does. And in his own right, has also done quite a few things very, very well. I like to, I like him a lot. I think there's a lot to like. Uh, these sort of uh, these younger Mexican players are, are are have a lot of really good traits about them. Um, very, very astute. Very, very high IQ on the field, and that coupled with the natural sort of skills of the Mexican players, you know, very good technique and and a very good short and medium passing range, I mean, we are going to start seeing probably, hopefully, more players like that. You know, we have some of them on the, on the under-20, under-23 level, but, I mean, if the more, I guess the more of them we produce, the, the higher the chances are that we're going to constantly see more uh, Hector Herreras or, you know, what have you. So, on a more meta level, I think that individually, again, there's a lot to like about this team. Um, one uh, one last thing regarding the the U seventeen and youth. Uh, you know, there was the the article that uh, you know ESPN. You know, Tom wrote about the Pachuca's you know rise to uh, great great article too. I, well, I mean, yeah, it was a good article. I didn't like I'm, not, it. I'm I'm not knocking the article. I'm knocking that. I, <laughs> I I think the uh, I think um, I mean I've I've you know obviously I haven't you know you know. You know, John's, you know, you know, actually, you know, he's been watching the game a lot longer than I have. But you know, I've been, you know, what, twenty plus years now. And one thing, and one thing that I know for certain about, you know, Mexican soccer is that it goes in cycles. So I, I don't know. I just, I think, I think right now, Pachuca's the flavor of the month because you know there was a time where you know Chivas wasn't producing anything. There was a time when Atlas wasn't producing anything. There was a time when you know, you know, I mean, truth be told. With you know Chivas, which you know, which plays all Mexican players, there was a time for years, like you know, fifteen something years, where they weren't producing really attacking you know, uh, you know, players that were, were that were attacking. Those players were coming from like Chivas uh, or not Chivas, uh, Cruz Azul in America, you know, who were played with foreigners, you know, which I've always. You know, I always thought that one of the reasons why Mex, you know, why you know teams like uh, Pumas and Cruz Azul and America would produce better players in the offense was because you know the players that would come through their ranks not only had to be better than the Mexicans, also had to be better than the foreigners. Um, so I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I'm not knocking what Pachuca has done, but I, I think that I think that. You know, if history repeat, you know, if history, you know, keeps repeating itself in Mexico, I think it's just they're just going to be like the flavor of the month, and you know, in three, four, five years, you know, five years from now, 
you know, they're going to be talking, why the hell isn't our, our, our system producing anything? And, you know, you'll have, you know, America or you'll have Chivas or you'll have, you know, you know, Atlas producing again. You know, the worst part about that uh, the article to me was that, uh, what was the guy's name? Marco Garces. Marco yeah. Garces. He says, hey, you know, the only bad thing about us having a good Cantera system is we can't hold on to our players. You know, they become like a they become a feeder club. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know but how see, many. But that's, that's BS, though. I mean, they can certainly hang on to their players. They can just have to pay them more. I mean, yeah, thirty percent. Yeah, Carlos Slim owns thirty percent of the, the exactly. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's you know that's maybe their you know whatever their their budget constraints. That was that was his point that you know they're not happy. He's not happy that the team's are now a feeder club. And you know before they were a club that was buying players and uh, you know they were doing pretty well in the league. They you know, they they were uh, accomplishing feats uh, other clubs weren't doing, like winning uh, Copa Sudamericana. You know, I appreciate what Pachuca's done, and I think that, you know, they do have a lot of youth talent. They got a couple guys that are playing right now, but, but until they win something, then to me it's like, you know, great, great that you have all these young kids and they're doing well, but, you know, you guys, you guys are in, like, 12th place right now in the league, so. What, what, well, I one think thing that's the problem. That's talk the talk problem to me when, when you guys are that. winning championships. Then I'll believe when, the youth when, system is kicking ass. Because that's the thing, like Ronnie just said, that you know, is this going to be a flavor of the month? Is this going to be a cycle, a cyclical thing? The only way that this is going to be a uh, a problem, and in that same article, he kind of mentions that 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 uh, the only detriment to this sort of youth movement is that they um, they're struggling a little bit in the league because the team is young and. Uh, they're sort of acclimating themselves to the first division and the pace of the game. The only re- the only way this is going to go south for Pachuca when when it comes to youth development is if the results start becoming more important than the overall body of work that they're doing. Because it, it it could it could be very similar to what's happening with Chivas, where if they don't start having consistency in the tournaments and, and having some sort of success, <coughs> who's to say that? They won't start sort of turning off the faucet when it comes to the, you know moving players up from the youth uh, teams into the main team to the senior team. If they're in search of more immediate results, they can just simply fall back on the the the, the old entire sort of uh, narrative that we market. see in Liga MX. That exactly that we're just going to go out and, and 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 get you know a 25 or a 26 year old player from, from, from Argentina or Brazil in order to sort of get those immediate results. So yeah, and, and Pachuca is one of the worst teams in the draft. Like every time you see where all that they have yeah, like, they they're bringing like 30 guys. It's like yeah. It's just... Hey, but uh, you know for Chivas uh, I mean I don't think it's uh, helpful for the players if you have a coaching change every two months. You have a oh, re- I agree. I agree. no long term vision so you know even if you do have a tap that's you know that even have drive you crazy. It would yeah. drive me crazy. <clears throat> I think as a like for example, Fierro, he had a lot of hype as a youngster, and I mean he's played a hundred games for Chivas and really for ten different coaches. <laughs> you know. Well, I think with, the thing with Fierro is he is he just he's missing a. He doesn't have his upside. His upside, right? Le falta un poquito ahí, o sea, como que le falta un poquitito ahí. You know, he does a lot of things well, but exactly speed. You know, because and his decision making. Exactly, you know what I mean. The thing is, like, he may just, he may have just tapped out. Um, Wait, so you're, you're saying you know, that? 
Aside from his lack of speed, his bad decision-making, his poor passing, and his bad shooting, <laughs> he's a great player. I aside, think, from, yeah, aside from the fact that he's a bad player, he could be a good player, I guess. You know? Maybe if he had uh, some stability. What, what, about his, what about his emo look? I don't mind Remember a couple of years ago, he had braces. He looked like he looked like a 12-year-old, and now he looks like a 17-year-old. So, I mean, that's the progress, right? I mean, he's, you know... But I don't know. I mean, there is a comparable situation here with Chivas and Pachuca, with Pachuca obviously having the advantage that they can hire or they can bring in foreign players. But but there's a, there's there could be a similar trend. And I mean, I, I for one hope that they stick to what they're doing because what they're doing in the long term will hopefully show the other clubs in Liga MX that maybe these other teams don't have to devote themselves full time in youth development but they could maybe spend a little bit more on it. And maybe some of the older clubs that used to be a part of that, like Pumas or whatever, can maybe sort of bring about that, that sort of sense again. Well, you know, the, the fact that Pumas hasn't produced players is uh, something that really, really jaws on me. Because, I mean, that, that's that been a point of pride for me almost my entire life. You know, I think... Uh, sorry, the, sorry. The uh, the the ownership group has a lot to do with that. It's not it's they don't they don't really feel the colors, you know. And I hate and I always hated that, you know. El amor a la camiseta. I always hated that. Yeah, there's something but, to that. But but honestly, it, it just seems like those guys aren't aren't they don't look to you know they don't want to breed those players like they used to before. And uh, and it's it, and it's sad. It really it's, sucks. It, it is sad. It is sad. But uh, but I, again, going back to Pachuca, you know, into that article, I, I you know, honestly, I'm I'm not holding my breath. I think it's going to be cyclical, and I think yeah. you know, within you know, next two three years, you know, we're going to be talking about another team, and you know, it's like what they're doing at the youth, which is fine. I mean, Chivas was the was the big youth producer a few years ago, and I mean, it, and they're they're in the descenso. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You know. Yeah, you know, you know it's it all on Vergara, dude. That's all on Vergara and his wife. It's and, not. And, I don't think he had anything to no, do dude, with the, I, I with the youth system, particularly. But I'm just saying, it's just sad the to me is. that they had all this potential and they wasted it because the guys like, you have a two-game losing streak. I can't have that. You're gone. I need to bring it. Aside. It just, it's ridiculous to me. It's, 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 it's yeah. just, frankly, it's embarrassing. And, and, and you know what? Club America's probably been the example to follow on this, haven't they? Well, here, here's here's a, here's the thing with Club America, they've actually been successful the past couple of years in the youth development, winning you know the, you know like what four something youth twenty titles or they were three they won it three times in a row and then the seventeens and stuff like so I mean they've been successful as far as bringing those players to the first division, you know well, the, they're the, they're they're not they're doing it little by little you know. Well, we can all we can all agree that like Sigencia of Club America is 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 probably second only or or comparable only to to Chivas essentially. I mean, yeah, but America has for the past few years done a really good job of of, of, of bringing guys in. They're they're you know on their foreigner signings, you know they they hit it out of the park. You know if you can get uh, they, you know, I've, four I've, out of five, then you're you're doing great. I mean, a lot of times America under Bauer was like like other than Cabanas was like zero for five. I mean, they just their foreigners were just decisions that didn't work out for them. Yeah. So so that some, helps, and then the the youth, you know, the young guys have been great, and 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 and, and America should be where they are, and they they brought in a guy who knows the sport, 
to run the team, and oh my god, what a shock! You know, he knows what he's doing, and he can, you know, he he, he he's you know his his moves have been very decent uh, over the past <laughs> four or five years, and then I've uh, taken uh, my hat off to him. I I honestly think Belais is going to be better than than uh, than uh, Lebrija with Toluca because Lebrija for the longest time. It didn't matter who he brought in, you know, foreigner or, or yeah, national. Really well, it, 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 it it just worked out, and and I think that's you know, and I think you know, Belice, he can he I think if he just keeps his you know keeps a level head and just you know does what he keeps doing right now, I think he's he'll be that that sort of like Ganedo type Lebrija type. Well, he'll just he's gonna build a dynasty, and they're gonna talk about him for years to come. Yeah. Uh, there's something about the guy that just rubs me the wrong way. I find him extremely arrogant, but he's, dude, he knows what he's doing. Dude, he I was. Think uh, you can't, do you remember him playing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was. Uh, he was. He scored us. He, he, he played well. Yeah. yeah, he's a bit of a dick, and you and know that, what? You it's know fine. What? Exactly. It's you fine. Have to, you have to be a dick. Exactly. You know, he, he's getting results, and I think he's done a, like like Ronnie was just saying. He's done a really good job at Club America, and. You know, compared to what we were seeing, like in, in, the, in the last decade, like the, you know, after 2006 or so, those three to four years, there, America sort of wandered a little bit, and they weren't. Aside from Cabañas, you know, and Chucho, it was like it was a weird sort of up and down thing they had going on. But they've been pretty stable the last, you know, the last few years, and so they have been sort of the standard bearer in that sense. And I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. What they, let's see, let's see what they can do. At the Club World Cup, I, you know, w w America. I mean, going back from Perez Stoifer, and then and then to then to to which Perez Stoifer was, I think, was a good president. You know, brought in a lot of ideas, and then and then Cañedo, I think, you know, you know, he did pretty well. He won the the the, the title in 2000, uh, 2005 with uh, with Blanco and them stuff like mm -hmm. that. But I, I think he just sat he just sat on his laurels. Yeah. You know, and and I I just think you know he thought just his name. You know, you know that his, you know, his father was, you know, you know, Mr. Cañedo, and you know, this really successful football executive. I think he just sat on his laurels. Uh, Bauer was just pathetic. Uh, the yeah, following president. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the best president ever, man. Come on, be respectful. <laughs> he was just. He was horrible. He he was horrible. So I mean, I I I, I like the lies. I think he's, you know, he knows the game, and you know, one one thing that Piojo said. Was that you know, you know he doesn't he doesn't tell Piojo like you know hey you better play this but it basically what happens you know if I remember correctly was that during the the training sessions obviously Piojo had control as to how the team was going to play but it it, it helped him out that you know that Belize would go in there and basically kind of like you know would okay you're so you're going to do this now why are you going to do this so yeah. I mean he was. You know, not 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 undermining him or questioning just him, but just basically re yeah, reaffirming board for him. what he was doing. And and I think I think uh, when you have a guy that knows the game, yeah, I think he commands respect. You know, I gotta tell you, that's why this whole memo got through things. Well, not that he didn't memo that know the games. I know he played, but it just it's like it's like surely they could find somebody better than this guy. You guys are obviously not very convinced. Um, I think Santiago Vargas is gonna have to pull some of that slack a little bit. And he's also a guy that, you know, we don't know much about. Um, so it remains to be seen. I mean, this is sort of a weird, uh, potentially a good thing that could happen with the national team and, and the way it's set up and with the, with the higher-ups. 
But at the end of the day, the people who call the shots and make the decisions are the are the club owners, so to speak. Uh, hey, that's why uh, I think I, 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 you know, I had my troubles when you guys were talking about this, but I think that's why he chose Rafa as his captain. It's like a PR move, both uh, outside the locker room and inside the locker room, because you know Rafa carries a lot of respect in their locker room. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so, yep. So on this uh, on this America topic, uh, America's second place to Pumas. Yeah. And they they play the on the last on the last uh, week week seventeen, so whoever wins that might just be super leader and be cursed. Damn. <laughs> oh, hey, speak, speak, speaking of speaking of America, go like eleven ten with with ten goles on each side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of uh, speaking of America, you know, the, you guys probably heard of the incident that happened uh, with uh, Quintero. And, uh, you know, I guess some fans at Toluca were calling him, you know, some racial, uh, some not-so-nice words. And, uh, you know, Ambris, I think, you know, was trying to get ahead of this early on. Um, it's not Ambris' fault. No, it's not Ambris' fault. It's not, it's not Ambris' fault. It's not, you know, Toluca's fault either. But um, what's, what's your take on it, guys? You know, I think that, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I think it's just, it, it, it's uh, stuff that that might be worse in other countries. I don't think it's as big a deal in Mexico, but isn't there a mandate from FIFA that says if this happens, then there has to be consequences? Yeah, you're, it, yeah. Uh, I think it, I think well, it's off with a fine. And you know, whether whether a... you agree with it or not, then yeah, exactly. You just have to follow. You know, whatever the protocol is in the situation, and just. Hey, how, how do they how do they deal it with, with bail? Because doesn't bail kind of. He kind of gets the, those kind of insults too, doesn't he? Gareth Bale at Real Madrid. <laughs> well, you know, but that's a good point, though. I mean, regardless of what you know, you know what what racism or whatever, just I don't know. Just the whole thing is just. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't personally think it's something that can be defensed or, or not not defensed, but uh, controlled because of its fans. No, no, but that's the thing. I think the fans have to. Take responsibility, and, and uh, I feel like I feel like the culture itself is uh, is extremely cynical, and sort of uh, a lot of things get swept under the rug because of under the umbrella of uh, albur. So I feel like if you're at the stadium and a guy is sort of yelling at kind of people, kind of laugh, and they don't they don't see it as a problem. And I think that's exactly the problem because. If the, if the fans themselves don't sort of police themselves, you can't really you can't really after the game say well the club should be punished or they should be fined because finding the club you know whatever they they not you know they do it like uh, by by uh, daily wages you know ten thousand daily wages or something like well, how's that gonna how how's that gonna help? Words are one thing and I think that that's really hard to police. But if you know, if if the Luca put a sign that says you know. X, get the F out of here, and then and they just you know make a lot of overtly awful symbolic gestures visually. Then you know, I think that that's something. That, but but again, it's just it's so you know this is so. I don't know. I just. Well, you know what? It reminds me. What. It reminds me of the puto chant. You know, it's like. You know, you know, FIFA was going to find Mexico. They're going to kick Mexico out of the World Cup because we're making yeah, this, well, this blatantly, no. this blatantly homosexual. 
uh, you know, whatever it was that the, the Mexicans were doing when they were going to yell puto. Well, like, isn't that the same thing as saying Yankees suck? Well, here, in a way, yes. Wrong. But, you know, my, my, whole thing, my whole thing with this is that, you know, my, my take is anything goes. You know, and and the reason I say that, the reason I say that is okay. Look, there's one, there's a, there's a huge, there's a world of difference between an institution, a, a club, promoting that sort of environment, and there's a huge, and, and there's a difference between just individual, you know, idiots being stupid, and you know, maybe getting drunk and then saying, you know, you know that that type of stuff. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that I don't, I, I think it's counterproductive, and I think it's stupid. For clubs to get punished for isolated incidents, and you know, there, there's a. Do you, you guys remember those uh, the series? You know, Cleo. You know, the Cleo used to produce. You know, Televisa uh, used to produce some uh, Asanya el deporte. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those are good ones. Yeah, those are great. El joven Beto. Morreta. I'm gonna see if I can get it, you know, because I have it on VHS tape. I'm gonna see if oh, I can get it. If I can get it, I want to see if I can get them on digital. But one, one of there was it was a ten part series, and one of them was football. It was about the violence in in, in Mexico, you know. And uh, I forget what uh, what commentator he 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 used to you know uh, do games for Televisa, but he he said one of the things that to me, you know, stand out and about the game. He basically says that if you don't accept that, you know, los piques y los rosas are part of the game, go play, go play marbles. And, right. And, and, I, and I think because it, it, and, and people like him and people like, you know, Carlos Hagmed have said that, you know, we have, you know, for, for a thousand years, we've been, you know, calling each other names on the football field. And yeah, I mean the it, stuff that happens on the field. I think absolutely should stay on. There's, there's no yeah. question about. But, 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 but the point is, like, okay, yes, you know, you know, uh, what's the name? You know, Darwin Quinteros. He's been, you know, he's been, you know, called names before in the past. Again, like again, when, when, when he was with Santos and, and that whole deal with the uh, uh, Cruz Azul. You know, do uh, you guys remember that? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. now, now, you know, Darwin Quinteros. He was, he was basically, he, you know, you know, they were winning and stuff like that, and then he, he provoked a couple of the players. And you know that, that uh, I think it was that Argentine player that called him, you know, uh, you know, called him a monkey or something like that. Yeah. And you know, well, I don't know if you guys recall, but remember Carlos Albert, you know, oh, yeah. he says it, he goes, I would give him three for being a uh, what is it uh, that he would suspend him three for the for the aggression, you know, the elbow, and another three games. For being a tattletale, meaning you know it, it was on the field, it should stay Chijon, on the field. Yeah. yeah, but well, I, and, I, I'm not the my, idea that. Go on. My take, my take is the same because I mean, right, right now, it, 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 right now, the political climate is that you cannot, you know, honestly, when it's when, when there's uh, anything that's like you know, if you're belittling, you know, homosexuals or, or blacks, that's like a taboo. No, that's a huge no-no. But everything else, you can insult. No, you can't insult the dead body either, man. That's here in the U.S. So, though. So you can't. Saying, you can't so, insult the Greeks. Come on. <laughs> no, but what I'm just—you know, you know what I'm saying is, it's either all or nothing. And I—I well, I don't not, know, man, because I, I, I gotta I'm tell not, you, I feel like there has to be a bit of social responsibility with the crowd. And, I, yeah. and, I, and maybe I'm coming across as a little PC here, but 
Um, on a field, it's one thing, but but this idea that that because somebody paid fifty pesos for a ticket to go see the game, that they have the right, the the this God-given right to sort of vent everything and all these frustrations onto the players. I mean, it's fine if you call the player an asshole or or he missed the, you know he missed a penalty kick, hijo de no sé qué. But once you start getting into the – start crossing those lines, I mean, I think it's unnecessary. And it's perfectly – I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, it's it's perfectly um, – it, it, I mean, it may just be the fact that, that, that I, you know, I, I, I'm in, living in, in a country where where maybe this is a little more sensitive in that sense. And, and you know, in, in Latin America in general, this is not seen as – a huge problem, and I don't know if that's good or bad, to be honest. But I do feel like the people who pay to see these games doesn't give you the right to seriously go out there and, and sort of expose yourself and your ignorance in that sense. That's just kind of my take on it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not applauding the guys, but I'm saying that they should, they should, you know, you know I, I don't. It's either you police everything or you don't police it at all. I mean, do you remember? Do you remember the player for Toluca, Cusalta? Yeah. You remember how he, you know, his face, you know, he had that birthmark in his face, you know, like kind yeah. of you know, most of his face. I mean, I remember, I remember going to games, yeah, and, and like with my camera and stuff like that. And I remember, you know, you know, <laughs> I remember a lot of, you know, comments making fun of the dude for that. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's like you're going, you're basically making fun of this guy's appearance. What was, what was the worst one you heard? Well, you know what? It's it's um. It Actually, let, me, let me let me rephrase that. What was the one that was like so tasteless it made you laugh? Like man, that is hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Wapet. They actually were calling him Wapeton. Be all right. Yeah, that's a good. That's a that's a good kind of insult because but, you know yeah. you, you're you're playing on that without seriously going after the guy literally. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, obviously they're making a, a you know they're basically trying to insult the dude because of his looks, you know. But <laughs> but what, what what I'm saying is that you know, okay, that would fly, although that would that's actually more hurtful when you really think right. about it. But you know, but you know, you can't say anything about homosexuals, you can't say anything about blacks because I mean, the press gets a hold of that and that has more teeth with the media. Yeah, no, that that is true. That is true. And, well, and, um, and, and, well, and then and then Latin America, and Latin America. Obviously, you have to take context and, and history into account because you know when you say in, in, in Latin America, ne, you know, pinche negro de mierda, it, 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 it's not it's not the same as as if no. you were to say if you were to say that and translate it here in the United States. No, no, absolutely, absolutely, because in some parts of uh, South America, it's it's an endearing term, you know. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like that's that's I, I get that I get the sort of the cultural uh, differences in that sense, but you, you it, know, one thing about how many there have been. Black players playing in Mexico for what fifty years? Yes, yes. I mean, easily. I mean, so it's, it's like, why is this even an issue? I'm okay, like, well, it, sure. it, it's fun. It's fun. It doesn't Leones Negros owe their uh, no. <laughs> their nickname to the Brazilians? Well, here, here, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because someone I forget who, but someone tweeted me about uh, something that uh, Canales had uh, retweeted about uh, something going on in you know regarding that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna on the on the Twitter feed. I'm gonna tweet an article. And this is a, an article from back in 2004, and it's it's not about soccer, but it's basically about it's uh, they got some interviews from the, the the black baseball players, you know the Negro players from uh, from baseball, you know when they used to when they played in Mexico back in the late 30s and and, and 40s. Uh, you know my you know my grandfather 
my you know my 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 dad's side of the family, they weren't really soccer fans. They were baseball, baseball and boxing. Um, they're from the north. So I mean, my grandfather was a huge, huge baseball fan, and obviously he saw a lot of these Negro players, you know, in their prime when they were in the Mexican, you know, in the Mexican league, you know. And when I read this article. You know, just just read it. You know, you can click on the link and stuff like that. But you know, the article was talking about it. Like when these players went to Mexico, you know, they basically found the respect that they never saw back in the United States. You know, when they were going to a water fountain, they didn't have to look for a for whites only water fountain. They could drink it, and it was and it was the best water that they ever tasted. You know, I mean, you know, in Mexico. Interracial, interracial dating wasn't, you know, wasn't, you know, it was taboo, and in many parts of the United States, it's still taboo. Over there, it wasn't. Right. You know, you had, you know, you know, you, if you think about it, I mean, all the black players that have come to Mexico, going back from like, you know, like, uh, you know, Unam had a bunch of like the the proven players. Uh, what's the name? Uh, back from the seventies. What's the, the name? The proven. The, the Cobra. Yeah. Uh, oh. Bobadilla and. Um, Got him. I want to say it was, it was I want to say it was Uribe, but no, that's not right. Uh, no, Muñante, Muñante. It was a, it was a, 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 a no, no, I'm saying, um, la, yeah, one of them was for Tigres. Uh, yeah, well, Tigres had Barbadillo. Yeah, Barbadillo. La Pumas Patrulla, had, man, he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he was a great player. Pumas had Muñante, America back in the 60s. Obviously, they had, they had the Brazilian players. They had Walter yeah. Romano. Uh, uh, Luca, well, I mean, geez, the, the greatest goal scorer in the league history is black. Yeah, no, Carino. Yeah, they had Estupanin and stuff like that. So I mean, Mexico's had a lot of, you know. A man, lot of I, I feel bad for you guys. You guys didn't get see Carino, man. He was lethal. <laughs> I've seen him on, on some videos. <laughs> oh, after he was, he was, yeah, he was much better. I, I've. I'll never understand why he didn't go. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. VHS and chill. VHS money. And chill. <laughs> M- money. Hey, you know that that Pedro Balones Negros that uh, they got their nickname. That's true. They were originally, I guess, uh, VS says in the chat that they were that they were Leones, but I think before that they were called uh, Venados. Venados. And they they signed some Brazilian players, some of them which were black, and so. Well, here's here's the thing with with Mexico, I think, and this I might be totally wrong, but in Mexico, you, you even see on Picante how Jose Ramon makes fun of Huerta, and it's not and it's not just that, but it's also like in novelas. In novelas, yeah. Yeah. who's the who's the person like like cleaning the house? You have classes, yeah. You have the and Moreno. You no, have there's definitely it's definitely a class base. And no so, and in, yeah. in society, there's not too many black people like there is in the United States. So you see a, a a football player who's who's black, you know that's like an easy target, especially if you're some no no palero that you know everyone's picking on me. Now I got to pick on someone else. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. true. There's there's a lot of truth to that. Two wrongs don't make a right, boys. That's kind of how I feel, man. I, I just uh, when I went to the Costa Rica Mexico game for the Gold Cup here in uh, in New Jersey. Um, I'm not a lie. I had a couple beers, and uh, I was, I was, you know, I got pretty lively. I started yelling stuff, and uh, my Pardon sister came. Well, no, no, not nothing racial or anything, uh, but you know, I was racial. Any uh, water balloons? Oh, I wish. Yeah. I was no, I was, I was a bit far away. So I mean, it, did it, you, did you it, say pura vida? This you mother. <laughs> well, no. I mean, the, the, the Tico's got a little. They got a little rowdy too. 
and and my sister looked at me and she, she's probably never seen me get all riled up like this. She's like, what, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? So I was like, I, we paid a hundred whatever dollars to to come see the game, and she was like, yeah, but you're in public, man. Like, don't don't be that guy. So I'm reminded of 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 civility because I I, I feel again I don't feel like like just because you pay the money to go see the game that you should be able to really just you know say whatever the hell you want. I mean, there are. I feel like if you do it, if if you if you're if you're funny and witty about it, you can find ways like the like Ronnie was saying with a guapo comment. Like if you can <laughs> you know, do it like that, that's just me, man. <laughs> but yeah, but like to me, that's like that's like I mean. That's the way it should be. Like, you should, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, exactly, it should be a backhand compliment. You shouldn't just be like, "Oh, hey, you suck because you're black, or because you're this, or because you're that." So that's just, that's just, you're just cheap. It's cheap entertainment, and but and but you ignorance. know what? You know what, Christian? Part of it from the fans is to help their team. So yeah. they're seeing it in that sense where it's you like, get it out of there, if I could heads. get, if I yeah. could get into the head of the. They're not gonna perform as good, and and they're seeing that, especially like in Argentina, or yeah. and and they're so, gonna just really, you know, be on top of it to to make you choke. No, I and, agree. I'm not trying and, to be a social justice warrior. So, I mean, I don't think know? they're paying to go be racist. They're seeing it as, you know, I'm, I want my team to win. Well, then do do like Argentina, like like they did with uh, River with the drone. Yeah, exactly. There has to be a better way to get into your opponent's head. But, but just flat out calling, hey but, man, you're this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't. You can't be like Marquito Fabian. Like, oh please, don't yell at me. I don't like. No, it. no. I you agree, gotta. I agree. You, you gotta have thick skin. You have to. And it, it, and once you show what bothers you, that's the worst thing no, no, that I you agree. can do. No, no. Because if the players, if, if the player, I feel like you know, you guys mentioned this a little while ago, but I feel like if a player goes on onto you know to the press and says, well. Well, I play bad because you know such and such like you know yelled at me on the crowd. I mean, if you if you're getting paid a million, two million dollars a year, and you're gonna let some some jerk in the crowd psych you out, I mean that's not good. I'm talking specifically about the fans. I mean, again, this is simply a personal opinion. I think you know I think that's part. Of, this is why it's a good conversation to have. You know, if we learned anything from South Park, it's that uh, hurting people's feelings is wrong. No, I think it's perfectly fine. You know, I think it, it's perfectly fine. It, don't, don't get me uh, wrong. I, I personally don't think you can't please fans now. Now, if if this is like some sort of organized, you know, by a by a by a by a by a barra that's sanctioned by the team or not sanctioned, but you know, that has the team's blessing, let's say, then yeah, then I think that there's a serious issue and they need to discipline the team. But stuff that's said, I mean. You know, you go to a game, you do two hours, and basically what stays in the stadiums, you know, that's just, but uh, the stuff that's said on it, there's nothing you can do. I'm sure that that's not the first time that that, that Quintero's heard stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> Probably not the worst either. Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, but, but again, if, if it's like, you know, if they start doing like monkey chants in the whole stadium, or if there's somebody holds a sign of, like they've done in Europe, of like like gorillas and stuff like that. Yeah, and bananas. You know, th- you know that's, that's yeah, that stuff's not cool. And you know, that, you know, that's you know, for I mean, if they did it for anybody, you know, if they did it, you know, for you know, Chinese or you know, Italian, you know, whatever it is, I just think that's just that's just not 
Danny Alvarez did it really well when somebody threw a banana at him when he was taking a corner yeah, kick. Yeah, he ate it. He picked it up and just started eating it. Like that's, I feel like you know that's rise above. That's how you should respond. To, yeah, exactly. Don't don't. Do you, you know, think that would happen to him. El Salvador players? But what could food? they possibly? <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna <laughs> throw at them? What could they throw like a pupucha? Is that what they Pupusa. Yes. <laughs> That's messed up, man. Well, oh, well here, here, here. I don't think here. that pupusa here. would make them feel, man. Somebody would eat it. Correct. Catch it in midair. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a huge banner in Poland in Poland this over this over the weekend uh, regarding uh, you know the the spread of Islam in uh, in the you know you know in Europe. So I I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive. I read it. You know that there was a huge banner. You know about the the spread of Islam, and it was like a like a huge fifty something foot banner. Jesus. Uh, so I mean, and like I said, now I think it's either it's all or nothing. You know, and obviously right. the one the ones that you know the the ones that catch the most press obviously is you know attacks onto homosexuals and uh, and, and and blacks. You know. But uh, like I said, I, I'm not for I'm not I'm not for I, I don't think they should be policing you know speech. I mean, as long as the you know the the, the, the stadiums don't you know support these groups and stuff like that, and you know and help them buy the banners and shit like that. But yeah, you're right. Um, I'm gonna post I'm gonna post uh, uh, on my Twitter. I'm gonna post a, a link to a, a YouTube of funny football chants. <laughs> All right, let me see. I'll read. I'll read this. Uh, this other one you posted later. Oh, um, that's from two thousand four. Yeah, it's from two thousand four. It's uh, it's an article that uh, it was a good article, you know, because it was you know it was talking about the, the the black players and and basically you know their their experiences in Mexico and this is like you know going back from the nineteen thirties and nineteen forties. When they still weren't allowed to play in the major leagues, they were making a lot more money in Mexico than in, in the Negro leagues. And obviously, they had access to the best, you know, hotels at the time. They could walk through the front door. They can, you know, they could. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I get get treated like a human being. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's I mean, when, you know, that's in I, the I, U.S. In the, in the U.S., they had a, a well-established uh, uh, clan. Going on at that time, I guess. <laughs> well, they, 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 it was it was the law, dude. I mean, the law said that that that, that, that they could do it. Yeah. yeah, the law, you know, like like I said, you know, the interracial dating, you know, was you know, taboo, and you and then Mexico. A lot of these players ended up staying in Mexico. The yeah, interracial dating wasn't taboo; it was illegal. In yeah, the US. I know. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, doesn't uh, like. There's there's large, uh, I guess you could say there are black communities in Mexico though. Like if you go to some of the coastal states and yeah, uh, like Veracruz and Guerrero, yeah. Yeah, Veracruz, Guerrero, and uh, I mean just if you look at like for example just the music, uh, Negro Jose and Negra Tomasa, they're like yeah. you know I've always they're not well, negative hey songs. Man, they're, Melvin Brown. No, totally. You, you know what, guys? And and there's a lot of Mexicans that they don't know that they are like they have black. That they have a little, that they have a little choco milk in them. They, they, yeah, they won't. I, I used to play cascarita, and there was this dude in his hair. He had a lot of black features, but he, he you know, they would ask him. They would ask him. Milkado, he would. Some choco milkado. 
<laughs> no, but I, I think that that plays into what you guys are saying, where it's it wasn't seen as bad, and so you you do have some people that that yeah, Mexico was a lot more socially progressive back then, which I think is a shame compared to what we see now. But that's also got a lot to do with the class system, so I mean, right. we can get into that as well. But it seems you know, it's like, funny. Uh, I remember watching uh, City of God. Good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, good it's a great movie. movie. And that was the one thing that I, that just blew me away was like like in their favela, they had everything. They had Chinese guys. They had you know black guys, white guys. You know, just it was uh, yeah. it, it was. Well, we, used I mean, joke, we used to joke with my sister. She was dating a Brazilian guy. I was like, I was like man, if you ever guys get married and have a kid, who knows what's coming out? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brazil's probably the most culturally diverse country in South America. Oh, easily. Yeah. But but they do have communities where there's you know you. You'll see like German communities or like Italians, where they're they're pretty um, you know they they stay separate. So like, that's why you yeah. see <laughs> you a, can see you can see it in their models, you know. And and then there's a big uh, Italian community in, in Puebla, I think. And I remember seeing something about it when Mexico played Italy in a friendly um, before the 2010 World Cup. There was a, they did a, a ESPN did a thing on it. They went to this one part of Puebla where it was just like. 25, 30 Mexicans of Italian heritage all rooting for Italy. Um, oh there's God. pockets of that in Mexico. I mean, I, the school that I went to when I was younger in Mexico City was uh, was a school <clears> that was, that was, it was, the founder of the school was Canadian, um, and the school had, uh, we had Chinese Mexicans, we had Japanese Mexicans. What school uh, was it? It was called uh, Colegio Graeme. Um, it's not around anymore. My dad was telling me they they, uh, they closed it down. But um, Mexico City is a very international city, so to speak. I grew up with uh, some of the guys that I grew up with. You know, were uh, what neighborhood you grew up in? I grew up in um, in the Colonia San Rafael. I don't know if that makes a that rings a bell for anybody. Where's that um, north south? It sounds like it's, it's south. It's a little bit south. Uh, central sort of south. Um, I mean, I, I mean, growing up, I mean, I uh, you know, I used to get, uh, I used to get, you know, people would ask about my, my family because my family's from Colombia, and you know, and, and we would ask about the the Japanese kid, you know, where's his family from, or, or the Chinese kid. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we were all sitting around watching Mexico play in the '94 World Cup cheering for the, for the national team, and um, there wasn't really, I mean, maybe it's just because we were children. There wasn't much of a divide in that sense. I mean, maybe things change when you get older. I think, you know, that goes for anywhere. People become a little more aware of those things and those sort of, those lines, and, and, and people sort of realize they might be racist or they might or have well, things well they don't agree with. Yeah, well... Maybe less rounded. No, I think um, it stays with you. I have a well, I personally think it stays with you. I have a buddy that I grew up with in Mexico City. He's Dutch, and uh, it was weird going to his house because all they spoke was Dutch. But he spoke English, Spanish, and Dutch. All three of them beautifully, surely. And he uh, he moved. He went to college in Holland, and he's been there ever since. He was like grew up in Mexico. But I remember uh, reading on his Facebook thing. You know, I thought that he would just would never even dream of ever, you know, doing anything about the Mexico. And 
And Guatemoc scored a late penalty, I think it was against Honduras in 2009, and he just, I mean, I remember just reading that he'd gone crazy about it. <laughs> and holy shit, after after being gone for 25 years, you're, you're still into it. And he always, sure. I always thought he liked Holland more, but it was like, it just, it totally, it totally surprised me. But then I remembered he was a big, and I had, sorry for him, but a big Cruz Azul fan. I was like, oof. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I mean, for me, I, I remember I went to the my first national team game was at Azteca. I was a friendly between Mexico and Colombia, and um, my dad took me. And um, these are not things that you plan. I mean, uh, for me, the national anthem comes on, and I we did it every every I think it was every Monday at school. We would salute every day. We, we would do it every day, but like, I think Mondays or or Tuesdays was like a special thing we would do. Um, and at the game, I remember just actively rooting for Mexico, and I, I've never really looked back since. You don't get to pick, you know, like, it's one of those things, you don't pick who you love. So you're um, saying, like, like, they put the, what do they call that stupid hat? What, the, the sombrero, or which one? No, the, the, dunce in, cap? In, the, the which one? The dunce cap? When they no, put no, in, the in, in, in Harry Potter, when they put the hat on the kids. And, oh, oh the yes, the yes. The sorting, the sorting, the sorting... Sorry, Potter. You don't, you don't have, uh, you don't pick, you don't choose, man. That's just, you know, si te nace, pues, that's what, that's the team that you root like, for, you uh, know. And, yeah, Mexico is a very strong pull culturally. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people that have lived in Mexico that are friends with my dad that are not from Mexico, and, and they all eventually sort of become Mexican. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. I can, uh, I can, uh, my, you know, my experience, because, you know, my folks, you know, like I said, they've been living outside of the country, you know, for the last 20 years, you know, China, Africa, Canada, you know, Chile, Peru, so, I mean. What, are they on the run? No, 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 no. Where are you running from? No, it's just, uh, my dad's an engineer, so obviously they, you know, he's all over the world, but, you know, one of the things that, uh, that always struck me, you know, was that okay? You, you, obviously, you know, for the for the Mexicans here that are U.S. based, there's always those rivalries, you know, with the other Latin Americans and stuff like that. But one of the things that always caught, you know, was just like I was always just like, wow, is like you know, like like when you're dealing with like Chileans from actually from Chile, when you're dealing with Colombians that are actually from Colombia, and you know, Brazilians from Brazil, you know, Costa Ricans that are you know are not U.S. based. Like how you know the, the the great image that they have of Mexico, you yeah. know, and and how they you know they perceive Mexico, you know, and obviously because you know it, for many years and and it still is to 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 a degree is Mexico was what you know the U.S. was like Hollywood was to the rest of the English speaking world. I mean they, you know, oh, yeah. so I mean that Absolutely. that was always that that Listen. always. Uh, because the thing is, like my dad, my dad's a my father's a painter. He's an artist and. When um, when he left Colombia, he had the opportunity to study in in Spain, Italy, France, the USA, or Mexico, and and he didn't even think twice about it. He was a huge Diego Rivera fan, and he said, I, "I need to go there. That's where I need to be," and that's where he's been for the past thirty years. And to this day, I mean, he he's lost a little bit of his Colombian accent, like it's 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 withered away a little bit. And when I speak to him sometimes, he'll use sort of Mexican colloquial terms, which I think is funny. Um, but but it's true because he, his his group of friends in Mexico 
is pretty much a lot of South American expats that are in, in the same vein. Uh, you know, they're, they're sculptors or they're actors or they're, they're artists of, of some vein. And it, you don't, it, the way that they, the way that they sort of uh, have embraced Mexico and the respect they have for the country and the culture is, is it sort of runs against what you find here. Which is a very sort of weird contrast, you know. And to me, especially for me, it was a huge culture shock when I moved here because I didn't fully understand what what that hate was. I mean, quote unquote. I, I never really could grasp that sort of animosity. Um, and even to this day, there are, there are times when I don't fully understand where that is coming from because it runs completely opposite to what I experienced living in Mexico. And it's funny because you know I knew I knew that I knew that that hatred ran deep. Uh, you know, back this before you know we had all these channels showing the Mexican league and stuff like that. And before you know the Copa Libertadores was on, you know there was a time when Copa Libertadores was just on pay per view, and you had to go to like remote bars. You know, at the time, you know, I was living in Houston, and uh, there was a place, a pool billiard place, I called Rita's. I don't know if it's still around. Um, it's the uh, one that was on Hillcroft. I Hillcroft. Think was, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> still there. Yeah, okay. I saw Mexico, uh, Panama there, like in 2005. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this was uh, <laughs> obviously in 2000 uh, when uh, I was uh, playing. Um, what? America was in the, in the. They were going. They were in the Libertadores, and they were playing. Obviously, all right. Let me see. They they played against uh, a team from Peru. Uh, from uh, oh, they played in, in the semifinals. They played obviously against Balkan, which they lost. Uh, they played against the team um, Bolivar uh, from Bol- uh, You know, obviously that team. They yeah, from Bolivia, Bolivar. They played against another team from. Peru, I don't remember who, but uh, what what struck me at those is that those places were packed, you know, like three, you know, about three hundred people in there. I mean, it was way over capacity, and you could tell everybody that was, you know, Mexican and everybody that was non-Mexican because when you know America would score, everybody that was Mexican would score, you know, would cheer, and everybody like didn't matter if you're Guatemalan, if you were Salvadoran, if you were, you know. You know, Peruvian. If you were this, you know, when they scored on the Mexican team, they would cheer. And I just, you know, I just thought that was really funny. You know, when I went to that bar, it was uh, the Guatemala was playing the U.S. <laughs> and and Mexico was playing. It was at the same time, and the place was overrun with Guatemalans. It was, Why were you so, watching that? So game, so they got the three big screens. Yeah. The one Mexican guy and I. Then there was like three of us. Got to watch the little tiny game that's on the bar. That, that, that's how we watch. And the funny thing was, I didn't realize that somebody was like, oh man, I could have watched this. Oh, no. like, thanks. You know. <laughs> Good, just stay home and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I, I like to watch games. I don't like to go, you know, I like to stay at home and sort of enjoy the ups and downs and. Uh, 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 honestly, I actually miss going and watching games there because I mean, I, see, seeing seeing the Central American fans just you know go nuts <laughs> was it's just it's, it's funny as hell. It it really is. Uh, another the last game that I actually watched there because by this point you know that Fox Sports you know uh, Espanol came on and stuff like that and obviously you know you were able to watch you know the the, the Mexican teams 
uh, you know, at your home rather than having to go to some remote bar. The last game that I remember watching was the uh, the under twenty three team with La Volpe when they beat the U S for uh, for nothing. Yeah, well, the Hada was for was for nothing. So I mean, that's the last game that I watched. Uh, that I watched uh, at, at Rita's, man. But those are some good times, man. I used to watch a lot of games at Rita's, man. You know? Can't believe he's still around. So Juan wants to talk about some coach firings in Piojo going to Cholos. Is that official? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they made it he, he tweeted about it today? Yeah, there's a picture of him wearing the, uh, like the training gear. But he can't um, coach there until next season. Oh, okay. oh, which is fine. I mean, Cholos is not going to really do much anyway right now. So Matosos, no. is, Matosos is gone, right? Cholos yeah, Matosos is issued. They said it was a mutual, yeah. But. Cholos uses way too many uh, paper Mexicans, yep. for lack of a better word. Way too many of them. Are you trying to say they're pochos despatriados? <laughs> No, you can say whatever you want. That's but, interesting yeah. because uh, Cesar in the Mexican soccer show was saying that that was sort of like a, a good thing that, that like is, it was sort of their identity that they for had. The, something. For the U.S. Well, I will say this. It is, yeah, exactly. They're, they're not playing for Tijuana. They're playing for San Diego. Um, even then, I mean, aside from, from a short stint from Hercules Gomez, a short stint from Greg Garza, how many other... There was Edgar Castillo, Joe Corona. Edgar Castillo. Corona. Yeah. Well, Joe that, Corona that came up with the team. Yeah, but I think he plateaued. I mean, you guys remember he played for the for the Mexican number 23s uh, before the Olympic qualifiers a couple years ago. Um, Who's that? Not Castillo? really. I don't. No, uh, Joe Corona. Yeah, I remember as well. Yeah, Castillo played in the Castillo LA. as well. That's right. That's right. He was I'm, the best player at that at those at those qualifiers for my money. Again, for my Andrew money, which I don't have any. Uh, honestly, honestly, if, goes there. You know, if if the I mean, granted, they don't have a lot of history, but if if they're trying to build, if they're trying to build it on on, on the Mexican American, you know, motif, I think that's a, I think that's just stupid. I mean, in the long run, that's just that's just beyond stupid. Yeah, it's not going to work. It, you know, you know they, they it's, have, not, uh, it's not that it's not going to work, but it, 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 it's it's just, you know, just find good players because, I mean, honestly... It's gimmicky. Castillo, it, it, it's gimmicky. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you had Castillo that, you know, was just, you know, wasn't doing anything at America, didn't do anything at Tigres, you know... You know, knocked Jesus, up a girl, and, and then Jurgen called him up. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, knocked them up. It's basically a team that didn't, you know, you know, they didn't expect a, a lot from these guys, and you know, you know, that, the, the credit goes to to, to Turco Mohamed. Yeah. But it, but it's like it, like like John said, it's gimmicky. It's just you know, just just developed players, whether they're American, whether they're Mexican American, whether they're you know, whether they're you know Mexican. Just develop good players. I just think that's gimmicky. I mean, we already have a, one team that you know that has that sort of policy of you know uh, of you know playing with just nothing but Mexicans. Yeah, they, they're they're trying to follow this some weird. They have like a weird sort of MLS thing going there because they're sort of a newer team within yeah. the context of Liga MX. So they're sort of finding their footing and and, and by default trying to find their identity. And so it, normally they would you know they're they're trying to tap into the market, but it it, is, it does seem like a little overkill. To be honest, because um, on the on the youth national teams, 
aside from from Lahoud, there's there's really no. I mean, I think Pepe Garcia at one point was part of the under twenties. He well, he did go to the World Cup too, but there's not a lot of presence there. There's more of a presence with the U.S. youth national teams than there is with the, the Mexican youth national teams, let alone the senior national team. So I feel like. Given the fact they're sort of a fairly new team, I mean, how old is Cholos? They've got they got to be what five, six. They've been around old? since '02. It's not it's not a okay. long time. It's not a long time. It really, if you think about it, it's not a long time. It's still but, not right. So it's yeah, not, but you have to understand know, that that they have a huge border town right next to them, and then they they're very they successful do, right? at marketing in that border town. Yeah, they have no, buses I mean, that come over. Fine. When they won the championship, and they were on the front page of the San Diego paper. I mean. They actually have a pretty decent following in San Diego, so yeah, yeah. yeah. They can they're, move they're, over to I, have, I have no. I mean, I That's think Indios did the same thing when uh, when they played. <laughs> when, well they they marked Yeah, it's, uh, but uh, I I I, I kind of like having. I mean, Cholos is a. Uh, you're 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 going a long way when you go. They have a great home field advantage. Stadium's nice, but they got to get rid of that fake stuff. Uh, you know, and put real grass down. Well, you know, Pivotal was asked about that today. What he said. He said that the reasoning that the owners, had, or you know, in this case, the owner had given him, is that Tijuana seems to be a very dry town, water-wise. It's a kind of a vague answer that he gave, but he said that uh, essentially what what he's saying is that it's more cost-effective to keep the turf. That, I'm sorry, you guys. Which are I think team. is ridiculous. Yeah. They have so much money. I mean, Jesus, they, 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 implement they, the water. they, they just, own a business where people give them money. <laughs> exactly. That's why, that's why I'm saying really it's a little like, bit of a here, big answer. Exactly. That's um, but I think that with Piojo going there... Maybe um, they're getting their water from California, man. That's the real issue. Well, that's, that's you, you, guys problem, have, yeah. you guys are a desert. You guys, you guys, you guys have been living in a desert for, uh, how, what, 100 years? Of course there's <laughs> okay. not going to be water. That's that's what he said. I mean, ultimately, I mean, if we if we talk about what he can do on the field, I think that it's 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 a step up from pretty much any coach they've had since Mohamed. So there is reason for optimism, I think, for Tijuana. Hey Juan, does does, does Cholos get uh, do they get press in LA? I mean, you guys uh, aren't that much further. You guys would have what 150 miles from the border. You know what? What I saw was that they signed a some kind of affiliate agreement with one of the U.S. Soccer Development Academy clubs. Uh, they're actually they're pretty known nomads. Yeah. They, they they feel pretty competitive teams. They they travel a lot, but lately they're you know as far as the youth in that U.S. Soccer League, they've been they haven't been doing well. But you know there was kind of some I guess some people kind of had a problem with. Uh, Cholos is essentially backdooring into the U.S. Soccer Development Academy, but well, it's a benefit to them. Yeah, I think. So, I mean, they can they can grind their teeth all they want, but it's another another outlet for their players, their, the the young American players, to find uh, a higher level of training, so to speak. So yeah. Piojo can be assistant to Jurgen because he can be feeding them the players and stuff and work well, together. I mean, <laughs> Beto, you say that, but I mean, a lot of a lot of U.S. fans and media were, were very intrigued by the idea of Piojo sort of taking over for for Klinsman. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? You, you know, if I if I were Piojo, I would totally do that. I would totally do that. Absolutely. I don't see the benefit for him because the player pool that the U.S. has is not suited for what he wants to do. Dude, 
You think that he even gives a crap about? Oh, no, I'm sure he doesn't care. But I mean, if, <laughs> but I mean, he comes on board, and after two years, you know, three years, he, he doesn't get any results that he wants to get, and, and then what happens? You know, the it's only just, result that would matter to him is a paycheck. Okay. The zeros on the paycheck. I don't see how he how like if that were to happen if Piojo were to take the U.S. team, I don't see how he would play against Mexico and I mean that would be like a conflict of interest sort of. I understand Jurgen like if he plays Germany, it's I mean, wait. It's, the Los Cobos did it with El Salvador. Yeah, he beat us. We lost to him. Oh, well, he beat his first game. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that's true. Hey, but did it's El Salvador. That, it's sort of different. Didn't he have that? Uh, Aguirre kind of reacted to him. He's like, hey, nobody's coming here to guerrearnos. Yeah, because they got a, the, the Salvadorans got a little, you know, they, they puffed their chest out before the game like they always do, and um, it, it got a little out of hand, and, and, and De Los Cobos sort of fed, he kind of fed into that. So Aguirre was trying to calm the waters a little bit, but at the end of the game, we ended up losing it anyway. That was the last time, I think, that pretty sure that was the last time that Fernando Arce played for the national team. That's not true because he did play in 2013. But, I mean, three, four years went by before he got even called up again. You know, to comment on uh, John's uh, question again, uh, it's going to kind of sound – I know, you know, Ronnie's not going to like this, but no. what I noticed is that when America was doing bad, there was a lot of Cholos fans in Los Angeles. And, I mean, like, I mean, if I just went on my Facebook feed – you know, I would see, like, uh, Cholos, oh, I'm going to the Cholos game and things like that. So I think definitely, you know, Belize kind of changed that situation. Same, same for yeah, Pumas fans. But, but, but LA's a Chivas fan, a, Chivas, a Chivas town, isn't it? No, it's like, you know what, uh, America has come here to play in, uh, I think the last time here they played at Home Depot Center, at least, and they they had a, they sold out the stadium, so I think. They, they you know, played at the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum with Manchester United. Yeah, the, yeah, but, sort but of world classic, whatever it is. The yeah. But if Chivas, if and when they ever wake up again, I mean, LA would just automatically become a Chivas town. I mean, you guys have more Chivas fans than anything else out there, right? Because you guys are all in hiding right now. You know, no one, no one wants to. <laughs> no, no, there's a few out there hanging their flag out, but. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like you're running. But, but you know that the minute y'all start winning again, they'll come out of the woodwork and go, like, "Oh yeah, I've been here all along." It goes by cycles, dude. Oh, believe me, I'm I'm right in the middle of a down one with uh, with the team I have to cover right now. So yeah, it's uh, I understand full well about the whole cycle thing. What else you got, Albert? Let's see. I think Ronnie's asleep, so... No, I'm here. I'm here. It's just, it's, just, it's just that time. It's that time. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, it's, still reminiscing about Rita. We, we have, I am. Believe it, believe it or not, there is this... There is this... that VIP. <laughs> so we're over two hours, so, but... Uh, I mean, we didn't talk too much about the league. I mean, we did a little bit about the league. There's two more weeks to go, and the league I mean, doesn't that's... start for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, comes, we, can, we can definitely get into it. Those are the only games that matter. Yeah, so I guess if that's. Do Do you guys see any surprise elimination? Like last season was Santos. It looked like no, it was Cholos. My bad. Cholos was doing really good, and then at, at the end, he crashed out. Yeah, Santos is pretty much done. I think. Um... Well, the super leader we talked about earlier, the super leader could be the curse. 
Um, I don't think it's, it's going to happen. It's still pretty tight. It's still pretty tight. I think there's a couple spots. Up. I think Chivas still has a game in hand. They could, if they get all, if they get seven points out of those three games, they could, might be able to sneak in there. And if they once they get in there, I mean, I think they could surprise people. You know, if if America if America qualifies in the first in the first uh, four, I think even if they're you know if they finish top of the standings, honestly, I, I think they'll do good because they've been playing better on the road. Yeah, yeah. but big America has a huge problem in that they got to go to Japan. Yeah, so you know, I think I mean Tigres last year had that huge Libertadores game like that like midweek, and Tuca's yeah. uh, like, you know what? You know, screw the Nigeria. I mean, what just played? And they played a really uh, defensive game, and Santos ended up getting them on well, a counterattack. And uh, so it, I think that that's definitely going to be hanging over America. There's no doubt. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried. I mean, I remember. Uh, you know, America back in 2002. They played like five games in eight days between Copa Libertadores and Liguilla. Which is, you know, which to date was the only team in the Mexican League that was able to manage to win the league, Liguilla, and also do well in, in Libertadores. That's just a fun fact for you guys. Uh-oh. Define uh, do well. Well, they 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 went to, they qualified to the semifinals. They beat Morelia with uh, like they, they if I recall correctly they. Uh, Ricardo Rojas uh, was uh, was ejected like in the before the tenth minute. So America played a man down for eighty minutes. Uh, they ended up they ended up beating Morelia uh, two nothing, and they qualified to to go into the semifinals. But remember, because of the World Cup and everything, uh, the semifinals was played after the, uh, the the World Cup in two thousand two. But you know, like the eight games that they played, or the five games that they played within the eight, you know, eight day, nine day span, was just you know was uh, you know they were playing Libertadores and they were playing Liguilla. Obviously, they beat you know Necaxa in 2002, and they also beat you know Morelia to, to advance into the semis. <clears throat> so they had to play a Mexican team to advance to the semis of the Libertadores. Yeah. So they, they had, had to travel to they had the, hour, the hour flight to Morelia instead of the twelve it's, hour flight to Argentina. Still five games, eight days. Dude, Wait, when you say obviously beat Necaxa, is it obvious? Because at that time Necaxa was owned by Televisa. <laughs> Look, I want you to Google or YouTube Adolfo Rios, Adolfo Rios final, and you watch that. You watch that that that, that goal, the stop that he made. Dude. You, know, if, you didn't have to say Morelia. If you would have said, man, and they beat, like, you know, Potosino from Paraguay, no one would, no one would even... <laughs> it would have made the story sound so much better. Rodney, was, was that Rios you're talking about when, when you won, when when you won the dove, league with America? No, when he dove and he said... Because, honestly, people say, oh, oh, oh you know, Nick Axel, they bent over, they bent over. No. Yeah, there was... Towards, they got like, on their knees, right? No, I mean, Jesus, it was... America was so close of being eliminated, you know. But what do I care? They have the it most. read like a Visa script. They they have the <laughs> most. Uh, they have the most titles. I don't care. You know. Well, I was doing. I did the simulator on Medio Tiempo, and uh, 
We got uh, Pumas versus Pachuca, America, Puebla, Tigres, Querétaro, and Toluca, León. Man, I don't want to pay. I don't. That's the last team I, I want Pumas to play is Pachuca. That would. Yeah, just, that's what I was thinking of being. They like beat them the last time. They beat them the last time. They were in the league. Yeah. I so want to yeah, say either Tigres or America goes to the final, but Pachuca could be a contender, even though they'd be number eight, the eight seed. They should have played America in the in the Conca Champions last year, but they blew it. They let Montreal get a cheap one at the end. Yeah. The only thing with Pachuca, though, the only thing with Pachuca is they got Conejo Perez in the goal, and that guy's given up like 30-some goals or something. You know what? He needs to retire. Against Chivas, the goals he gave up, they were... They were savable. They, you know, they went through his hands, man. He's he's yeah, he's, he's, he's fifty three years old. Give the guy a break. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting social security already, man. He's living the dream, dude. Yeah, he's really absolutely. Good. By the way, why on earth would 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 Azteca fire Matosas? I mean, did they not yes. understand that when he was with Leon? How many years was he with Leon before they came up? Three, three years, maybe. I mean, jeez. Uh, honestly, look, Matosas, he is very careless. He, yeah. he, he's careless. You know, he, okay, granted, you know, when his teams are on, they're on because you know he li- he likes to step on the pedal. He likes to step on the pedal, and if you like to step on the pedal, that's fine. But you know, every now and then, you got to look at your rearview mirrors, you know, and your side mirrors, because you know. You know, things happen, and that's one of the things that I did not like about Matosas when he was with America is that he would just step on the pedal and not worry about the consequences. Well, I mean, I, I understand that that's fine, but what I'm saying is, 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 is you know, you know what, how on earth do they do they expect him to, to get a team playing well in three months? I mean, it's just it's like you know, let the you know if you're gonna fire him, fire him in April, not in... Uh, it's just it's so stupid. It's like it's so short-sighted. You know what? I think, I think he had issues with the players. I think the locker room didn't want him. There was talk about the fact that he didn't even show up to practice. He would only show up to the games and the players just didn't get along with him. And he, so wears, I mean, and he wears funny outfits. You know? He wears really tight pants <laughs> for a man his age, which is kind of weird. i got to tell you. Know, yeah. he, he wasn't as, as GQ as Caixinha. You know? That guy cracked me up. <laughs> Or, you know the saying over there about Guadalajara? Well, you know, you know with, the saying? The, 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 no, the saying in Jalisco, Jalisco, la tierra donde los hombres se dan a otros hombres. Matosas dressed like a, you know, like a fruity bastard. <laughs> I don't think he just sitting over I there. Never, I never got it because it's like, it, it's a weird sort of... Lavolta La used to do that too. He used to wear like the, sort of like the Wrangler jeans with like the blazer. But it was kind of like, yeah, button. but it was kind of like it, sloppy. It, it, but Matosas was his old, too, his old tryhard. I don't know. Yeah, but he, but La Volpe had a mullet and he had a mustache. <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, he pulled it off. Yeah, yeah, he pulled hey, it off. Hey, what hey, do you Pern, mean? Pern's not he here still, to defend La Volpe. Dude. He still has a mullet. Uh, <laughs> Pern, Pern would be drooling by now. Oh Jesus! But anyway, my point is, is that, is that you know, give the guy a chance to. To you know, see what he, I mean, fourteen weeks is just. Is, hey. I mean, when you have two short seasons, it's like, okay, so okay, so the season's over. Yeah. Well, guess what? In 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 three weeks, you get to start another season. So hey, don't 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 cry for him, okay? This guy has coached that guy. That that guy, he's a lucky son of. He's coached uh, Leon. He's coached America. He's coached uh, now Atlas. Meaning his bosses have been Ascarraga 
Slim and that, and now Salinas. I mean, that guy. Yeah, he's, he's set for life. Now. I'm not worried about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he'll like, get another gig. It's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, what the hell do you guys want? I mean, personally, I think if they really want to motivate athletes, they should do what they used to do before. When all of a sudden, oh, you know what? We don't have the money to pay you guys. We're the the ten richest yeah. families in Guadalajara, but you know, somehow, up, the, yeah. somehow the somehow the money's dried up. Sorry, boys. Oh, <laughs> did you guys does win? Here you doesn't Chapas have that issue? Chapas, yeah, Chapas, is yeah. Chapas owned by uh, TV Azteca too? Don't they own like five teams now? Chargoy? They, they own uh, Puebla, don't they? I know the they own... Oh, is that what it is? Or they're, they're, yeah. they, they own... Uh, I thought Chapas, maybe I thought... Not anything about, aren't they run by the state? They were at one point. the state owns, yeah. They were at one point. Apparently La Volpe's was on Picante tonight talking about being... Head coach of Mexico or something. Just oh, following his tweets. They, they, they love they loved him there. They just thought he was the greatest thing in the world. He's well, not they, getting they, paid either. Well, they 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 talked so much smack about him when he was a national team coach, and much like actually with the same thing with Hugo, in the moment that the guys aren't in that position and they're available to be like pundits, they bring him on, and then it's like, like now they like sort of kiss. It's it's a really weird thing that they do there. The, the football picante guys. The worst thing I, I've, I've ever seen in a reporter, well, at least that reported the story, was when Huerta had an off-the-record conversation with him with a tape recorder in his pocket and then played oh. the tape. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a, he looks like a scumbag. Come on, that is just... look at the guy. He looks like a small little troll scumbag guy. No, my, funny, my funniest Huerta moment was when the um... – when they were trying to accuse Hugo Sanchez of, you know, him, you know, of having the policy of pay to play, where there was, you know, there was, they had this, you know, they had proof that, you know, Hugo Sanchez was, you know, there was only paying players that would pay him. And it ends up that, like, I think, you know, Huerta and them were basically insinuating that, you know, uh, that like like how many play- I think it was like the vast majority of his team were being represented by you know his uh, his um, his representative his, yeah. his representative signs right yeah. and then and then the, it's, well signs was you know one day at, at Picante and he's like okay well how many players did you represent and like signs says only three and he's making notes he's making notes and he's just looking like a complete jackass while he's writing his notes you know. Well, that's not the first time he did that. He also insinuated that he had proof that that the federation paid Neri Castillo to play for Mexico. He kept repeating that for about a year and a half. And then he denied it. And then, and then he never. But he, yeah. And then when confronted, he never. He was like, "Well, I don't remember saying that," or something along those lines. And it was like, "Are you kidding me, man?" Like, hey, you know what's the... the worst thing? That those ideas stay in the mind of a lot of fans. Exactly, and that I remember we, we back back in the day, you know, and big soccer, we were we were talking about that because you're you're basically spreading, you're you're basically saying something publicly without any sort of proof, right? And whether and people are going to believe that they, they don't care, you know, they don't care if it's you know if you have proof or not. It's just you said it on TV, they're going to think, okay, this is true, and yeah, from exactly, and from day one. A lot of people were against Nettie because they thought he was a merc. Exactly. You guys remember uh, a big soccer poster, Piru, uh, 
Yeah, he trolled him hard. <laughs> hard. <laughs> he actually was on the air, and he was like, my source is telling me that such and such is in they're Miami meeting golf. with Furtado, such and such. Yeah. And Sanchez, they're playing golf in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Pebble. Yeah. It was Pebble. It was it was it was hilarious because he he we actually we laughed so hard. I remember reading that thread. I was like, oh my god, he actually went on air and said that. That's that's outlandish. Who was who was the big soccer poster that did this? Uh, El Piru. El Piru. El, El Piru. Yeah, it was getting brilliant. It was yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. Probably the biggest troll job in the history of BSMX. You know, I, I trolled Jorge Ramos once, but it was it was on the radio. No, we used to do that. Though. Oh yeah, me and Rooney, we would sign off with funny names. We used to, go ahead, go ahead, Holy, tell them what we used to do. You could, you could email or fax. This was way back. Fax was still available, and uh, Jesus. we would yeah, we would sign off with funny names, and they would he wouldn't know, so he would be reading them out loud. <laughs> you know who does that? You know who does that? If you guys ever watch uh, Redes, they have one of the old girls from uh, República Deportiva. She's Colombian. And, uh, she reads, she'll, she'll read the tweets, and like it's all like these Mexican dudes with like with weird handles, and she'll just read them out loud. And but I never just laughs. He's like, you know, you just got one over your head. You can't, you can't say that on TV, like. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. She doesn't get it. It's it's fun. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, How you doing, guys. Yeah, we used to we used to tweet. Yeah. You know. Hey, there he is. <laughs> he heard La Volpe, dude. We said La Volpe three times. You so and much. Heard, heard it's like Candyman. <laughs> like come out of your mirror. <laughs> it's like the like the Patronus charm, the La Volpe charm. Just you want to conjure times. If you want to conjure Fernando. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? What what am I missing? Sorry, just everything, man. You're late. You're like two hours late, man. We were talking about black people. Uh, we were talking about uh, <laughs> uh, homosexuals. We were talking about homosexuals. We were talking about guapetones, um, <laughs> and and everybody else that, that that had the weekend with 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 Joel this weekend. Yeah. Oh, so you guys talking about America, Cuba, Cuba, America, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sort of. Scientifico. <laughs> they came up. Hey, did, by the way, uh, we saw he's in uh, Costa Rica. Did he? Go, uh, did he? Uh, is um, did Costa Rica? Did they lose? Yeah, they did. Today it was seventeen. They lost yeah. to Belgium today, one zero. So they're out. Yeah, they're done. But that, I mean, they they're pretty good at the. They they did very well at the end to try to tie the game, but it wasn't enough. I still think Belgium is the weakest team out of these last four teams. They've yeah, been pretty was, underwhelming so far. It wouldn't surprise so. me at all if it was an all-African final, actually. Yeah, so I feel like if, if yeah, if we have to play Belgium for the third place, I I'd, I'd put my money on Mexico. So Mexico's what? the only Latin American team left, huh? Yeah. I don't want to hear yeah, us talk out, about third place, man. We took out all the South American teams uh, except for Brazil. We took out Argentina. Mm. We took out Chile. And Ecuador. I think Ecuador won the under seventeen South American Championship too. They were a good team. I mean, they just they just beat the pants <laughs> off of the Russians. 
they had a good they had a good group stage. They 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 were a solid team. They, well, we, I, I mentioned that in the in the in the forum uh, before the game because I felt like Russia was pretty disorganized defensively, and Ecuador took a big advantage of that. And that's one of the things that we talked about was whether or not Mexico would allow those kinds of generosities. And they obviously they locked it down, and and as we saw today, they they walked away with a two zero. So. Yeah. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm FIFA, man, I'm kind of hoping, if I'm FIFA, I'm hoping that Mexico makes it to the final. Because, I mean, honestly, if I see, if there's two African teams in the final in Chile, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even think the ball boys will show up. Nah, no. Nah. Let's give out tickets for free. Who knows, man? Mexico, dude? Yeah, but this tournament isn't about selling tickets. No, I mean, if you're Fox Sports, you'll want. FIFA yeah, make their money. FIFA make their money. I, I think. Oh yeah, uh, Telemundo's begging for Mexico. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. The TV stations are hoping that. Yeah. Just imagine, you guys. What do you think the ratings are gonna be for that? Not to sound like a gringo here. I think about like zero point five. <laughs> I mean, that's serious. It's a U seventeen, and it's, you know. It's, well, I remember. It's, it's played on a the, Sunday uh, in the middle of the NFL. Two thousand five. Yeah, it broke rec- uh, that one broke records. Yeah, and, and it's like the media started showing up in the semifinals. They're like, oh, crap, these guys actually might do something. Like, we should go cover this. And you, you remember after the 2005 finals, you had uh, basically TV Azteca. They basically t- took hostage the team, you know, yeah. in, in, interviewing them and all the players and stuff like that. Yeah, and the kids were like, what's going on? They came back like, well, what is this? Yeah, they... <laughs> Like, nobody was here when we left. Like, my, my mom came to say goodbye, but, like, other than that, it was, like, nobody. Wow. So Nigeria beat Australia 6-0? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's well, in the quarterfinals, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they've scored, like, Brazil, like, 15 or 16 goals a turn. They've, they've scored a bunch of goals. It's going to be hard, then. Is it <laughs> well, they so what's, beat... the, what's Nigeria's deal? Like, why are they are they just more physically, like, adept or what? They're, they're just bigger good. and they're stronger. They have, they have, ta- they have their technique. They're very good. I think. Hoyas has said something about DPs and BBCs or something like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Because got the DP, but it's not black. P and the V's and the C and the C. I don't know. I don't know what he said. Well, I just looked at the goals that they scored against uh, Brazil. <laughs> And I wasn't too impressed. I mean, they got—I think they got a penalty on one, and then the other two were sort of bad defensive. Uh, yeah, just bad finish on Brazil's part. One of their finishes was like a bounce, like a chicharito esque. It was like a bounce off the floor, and then. God bless that boy. <laughs> yeah, ugly goal scorer. I love it. <laughs> I'm just a hater. I'm just a hater. I love Chicharito, but I'm just hating. From the yeah. goals I've seen, I'm like, I'm really like doubtful on the quality of this German, of these German defenders, man. Just call well, it Chicharito, man. Who cares? <laughs> he just, all he has to do is keep scoring goals. It just doesn't matter. As long as they go in, you know. So that, that's how you. For a guy like that, who just who who needs to to have that kind of rhythm, and when he gets into it, it's like he's like just insanely. Uh, prolific. Who my cares thing, how they go in? My thing on a poacher is it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing on a poacher. I mean, man, Chicharito's putting Bayer on the map, man. Seriously. Nah, nah, nah. Come on. They're, they're, Seriously. Well, they're catering well, well, to him. Maybe the whole, in this, uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, they they'd be stupid not to him. And he's delivering. <laughs> and he's delivering. You know, he's he's... he's now the yeah, the rest of the team needs to 
pick it up a little. And... It's it all goes to the Mexicans being like uh, global globalized. They're you know, it's going to be loving the Europeans. when you start seeing the uh, Mexican advertising on the on their sandwich boards. Uh, <laughs> how many of you got a, a chicharito jersey already? A Bayern a Bayern jersey. You know, instead of your Club America, instead of your Chivas or Pumas jersey, you go get a I, European jersey. I I don't even wear jerseys. Any, I don't wear jerseys. I haven't worn a jersey since I was like, I don't know, 42. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. I don't wear jerseys, dude. I wear a jersey every weekend, Monterrey, when I go my cascarita. So, uh, yeah. All right, homies. Are you overpaid and do you underdeliver? Because that's the, that's the Monterey way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when's that? Um, when's the semifinal? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. What time? You guys know? Um, it's like at six. I, uh, yeah, it's something yeah, like something that. Something like that. It's in the afternoon. Perrin, there's oh. this magical box you're probably on right now. <laughs> and if you typed FIFA.com, I'm sure it would come up. I'll probably tell you. I'll probably go Google this for me, please. So how's that website called? You Let me Google this for you. You just asked Siri to do it for you. It's Siri, when is the U17 World Cup semifinal? You send, you send me a few keystrokes, man. Thank you. All right, man. Longest show ever. What? Yeah. Really? Pern's <laughs> liable to type up Chile, and the next thing you know, he gets... Pictures of Chiles. <laughs> but not the spicy type, the one that poke you. Oh, yeah? Oh, donde? <laughs> All right, it's getting late, boys. I should need to go. All right. Yep. All right. All right, guys. Closing it off.